Hello. Hey. Hey. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. <laughs> it's time for I don't know. I was gonna come up with a joke. I'm a little groggy. Why are you groggy? I got I got the allergies. Ah. Um, I'm not sick. Like I don't I don't feel sick, but I just deal. I'm dealing with I've been dealing with sneezing and all that fun stuff all day. Ah. Oh. I feel okay. It's just the like, a eh, little bit of the. I, I've always had this. Mm-hmm. It's just that time of year. Last year I had to go to the doctor because I my my one of my ears was like clogged feeling and it was freaking me out because like I think I've talked about this before but I'm super sensitive about my ears. Yes. And he was like, no, it's just allergies. You're fine. I'm like nothing wrong. <laughs> All right, cool. So I just have a body that betrays me. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like the mo- like the majority of the human race. So you know, it just means you're normal. It's fine. Yep. Yes. Extra normal. X Men. Does this mean I'm an X Men? Sure. X Woman. X Woman. X Woman. Woman with a Y. <laughs> Woman, thing, I guess. whoa, man. Did whoa, you, man. Really? Did, did you ever see that movie, um, So I Married an Axe Murderer? Oh, yes. Yes. Love it. Yes. Love it. It's, Underrated. It really is, because when you talk about Mike Myers, it never comes up in the conversation. Never. You know, it's always... Well, wasn't that before Wayne's World, like right before Wayne's World? I think it was. I yeah. think it was before they took a chance, or maybe it was between the Wayne's Worlds. I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I loved... I loved that. I loved both Wayne's World movies. I even liked all of the Austin Powers movies. The third one's the worst of the bunch, but like I enjoyed yeah. all of them. I was warned away so hard from the third one that I never gave it a chance, and I wasn't uh, Team Beyonce at that point. I know oh, yeah. that's that's sacrilege, but no, yeah. no, no, no. I know, I think that everyone was skeptical of her doing different things at the time because she wasn't Beyonce on her own. She was just breaking out of that destiny's child. And that was, I think that was 2003. So that was when she had like the first breakout song with, with Jay Z and everything. So like she was really just coming into her own as her own person. I mean, I wasn't really her biggest fan. I wasn't a fan of destiny's child much at all. um, Because it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't really for you. you Well, no, I mean, well, they had good music, don't get me wrong. It wasn't that. It was the way that they kicked out that fourth girl and just made her feel like a piece of shit. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that. I thought you meant like the girl band kind of thing. Oh, no, no, no. Bootylicious is a jam. Don't get me wrong. That's cool. Oh, um, okay. I thought you just meant like, oh, the music's good, but like I don't I don't get into like girl band, boy band, you oh, know, that stuff. No, I loved 90s R&B girl bands. SWV was dope <laughs> and Vogue. Come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh no no no! I'm 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 with you here. Yeah, yeah. Salt was, and pepper. I, was, I mean, uh, they, I was they a, count too. I mean, count that too. was what I I grew up with, like girl band, boy band stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, when it comes to like the traditional, like you know, four like Spice Girls, five, and stuff. six, or seven dudes. <laughs> I mean, when it came to like the 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 milk toast dudes getting together, I didn't really get with that too tough. Like I I, I admit that was not my like right, you said, I you wasn't were, the target You were market. eight years old. Like, you know, I I was like eight years old. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. That's what I meant by like, oh, yeah, I can see why that wasn't your jam. Because you well, know, the mean, music could... holds up better with those other 
artists that you're talking about, though. We can take it back even farther than that. We can take it back to, like, the days of Menudo and, like, New Kids on the Block. Like, that Uh was that was my age range. And I still... Yeah, I was still just, like, past. New Kids the first one? Was that the first, like, real, legit boy band? (laughs) I think Menudo predates um, New Kids on the Block. New Kids? And OKTB. How do you spell Menudo? uh, I'm guessing M-U-N... M-E-N-U-D-O. It's a band and a soup. Minuto. No, that's Spanish. That's something. I, I don't know what I got here. <laughs> yeah, no, it, literally, it's a band and a soup. Um, it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to Google boy bands instead. Boy bands. Ooh, Vogue. Who was Pop in boy that? Who was, who was the breakout stuff? Ricky Martin. That's where he started. That's, well, that's what, that what I'm trying to. Okay, early history. Jesus. Oh, you the know, Beatles. The Beatles we, <laughs> were the first boy band, obviously. Yeah, yeah, they kind of yeah. predated that. And I then mean, it was were, the Jackson Five. Yeah. The I mean, if we're if and we're, then it gets into Menudo, which is M E N U D O. Right, right. I feel uh, like, um, you know, when I when I think of boy bands, and this is kind of a weird thing because a band usually means a group of people that play instruments. I rarely consider like the talented. Uh, bands that could actually play instruments together. I think of, you know, just the song and dance guys, you know, like yeah, New Kids, like NSYNC, that sort of thing. Yes. But yeah, I, I guess I the agree, Beatles would count. But they were chasing what the Beatles had yeah. when they made those types of boy bands. They were boys in a band. I get it. <laughs> they were boys in a band. Ricky Martin was Menudo. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. I remember seeing like Menudo show up on TV, like, Anytime you turned on Telemundo back in like uh-huh. the early eighties, Menudo was on there. Like they were just like a conglomerate. Like they, they okay, ran so, Telemundo. Yeah. So you have Menudo, New Edition, yes. New Kids on the Block. That's seventies and eighties. Mm-hmm. Then in the nineties you get Boys to Men, Take That, Backstreet Boys, In Sync, and Westlife. Westlife. Jesus, I haven't heard that name in a long and time. And then now it's 2000s. You get Backstreet Boys and NSYNC continue. Westlife continues. And then you get Jonas Brothers. And now it's One Direction and K-pop. Did they even bring up Color Me Bad? Because Color Me Bad was definitely a boy band. That was a man band. Not not in the highlights that I'm seeing they, here. <laughs> they were definitely not a highlight. They were a low light. But I'm sure they were They're somewhere in the articles. I want to sit you. You know. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was... Please never sing that to me again. But okay. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. No and it was bad with two Ds, so you knew they meant business. They yeah, they were around. bad. Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> no one was threatened by them. They were just non-threatening. 100%. Yep. Yeah. I had some guys well, at my school. Welcome to our show, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> welcome, everybody, to Likes and Matt's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt Peters, joined, as always, by... The enigmatic enigma, Lex Lutz. Yep, that's me. <laughs> I was I was waiting for a name. I was waiting for you to do it. You you followed through on not giving I, me a new name. I told you. Now it's all about the uh, the adjectives. That's it. Now now uh-huh. that's that's the next evolutionary step of that. I'm just gonna spell it out for people in case they weren't paying attention. So mm, makes sense. Let's get all the housekeeping out of the way. Let's talk about the Twitter. Let's talk about the website. Let's talk about the link tree. Let's talk about our Instagram. Let's talk about our Patreon. Okay, we've talked about them. Moving on. Yeah, I was going to say, you're just annoying me at this point, so I'm <laughs> sure that they're they're not happy to hear it. So, 
Uh, yeah, I'm, the website's not ready. No, but if you go to lexandmatpod.com yeah. right now, it redirects folks to the uh, to the link tree where they can actually just click yes. on all of the things. Yes. yes. Yeah. We're ma- I'm making a, a legit website where it will I will be posting the episodes and I suppose any news stuffs. Um, and then it will have I've already set up all the links and everything. So it'll have just like our link tree, it'll have like you'll be able to pull it up in the corner and go to find our Patreon, find our social media, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all that jazz. So, Can you put up the little um, you know, uh Angel Fire under construction gif until we get it ready? Uh sure. Okay. No, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Guys, I do not know how to build a website. No. But you're learning on the job. Money. Yeah. 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 But, you know, that Patreon, though, if folks contribute to that, (laughs) that's all I had. That's where I was stopping. If folks contribute to that, they can, you know, help us to build a bigger, better podcast and website for them to enjoy and to share in Mm -hmm. the glory. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you get cool stuff. So uh, in the beginning of so next week, technically, the beginning of July, I'm going to start mailing out. Some uh, some cool bonus stuff, which is stickers for right. some of our patrons. Going to get those some, are, some uh, sweet logo stickers. For those that are listening to this um, right away, uh, there's still time to get in for the month of uh, July. Mm-hmm. So if yeah, you get you into the Patreon, then you can get some of that cool first edition, uh, you know, exclusive collector's signature edition swag that Alexa's is going to be mailing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have until the first for this cycle. You. So get in on it. Uh, the only thing is if you get a mug, that might be a little bit delayed, but <laughs> you know, we'll start working fun on stuff. It. Yeah. But, yeah. oh yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it made like ASAP. But yeah, so that's what I'm going to, next week I'm going to be mailing out all that. So, uh, and I, and I keep updates on our Patreon itself. So yeah. Um, cool stuff Yep. on there. So go check it out. We got too and many episodes always... up there right now. We've got one that's behind the Patreon wall. We got one that's mm-hmm. kind of a little teaser for you folks. Um, and we're going to be adding more stuff to the uh, exclusive content side of things this week as well. I've got some stuff going on on this end that I think the fans will really enjoy. I'm excited for that. Word. Whatever that is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All, right. All right. So let's get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the breaking news. Breaking news right before the show. The office. I yeah. texted you something and yeah. you were like, it's already in the notes and it affects us both very deeply. I saw it. I saw it at pretty much the exact same time as like you <laughs> sent me the message, which was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you, what site did you see it on? Oh, I did not. I actually didn't even see it on a site. I saw it on, um, I follow like an office memes. I think it's called like the office daily or whatever. Oh, just to, to get the office like on my feed. Okay. So I was following that and they posted, I guess the, the tweet that Netflix sent out, which is the office is being pulled from Netflix in two years, which that's kind of weird that they felt the need to announce that. Yeah. This early. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess they want to make sure that folks finish that, that bins that they've been working on for so long, you know, it gives you that's ample not- time. That's not how people binge The Office. People binge The Office on repeat all the time. Like, <laughs> that's how The Office is meant to be watched. That's true. That's true. But they want to far too frequently. They want to emotionally prepare you, like you said. They want to make sure that you're ready, 
you know, for the eventuality that That's it's going not to what go they're away. Doing. What, what they're if, doing is they're trying to put pressure on NBC to uh, let them to make people pissed off. Okay. They're try- they they said they said in the tweet that um, you can still watch it ad free on our website. Mm. They they took a dig mm. at at whatever this new streaming service is going to be for NBC. Yeah. You guys, I have a solution to all of this. Go on Amazon right now and buy The Office on DVD. There you go. You have it forever. Seriously. And also, it's worth it just for all of the bonus deleted scenes. They are so funny. Um, I'm going to check how much it is because I only spent like $30 on it. For the whole series? Yeah, the whole series. That's dope. I got the same the same deal with uh, Parks and Rec. Okay, so it's sixty seven dollars right now. Okay. I keep an eye on it. It might yeah. drop a bit, um, because I've seen it drop lower. Like I said, I paid like thirty to thirty five dollars for mine. I got it for my birthday a couple years back. That's cool. So you can get them well priced. Um, or I mean, just, if you feel like interacting with the real world too, you can like go and get it from your local library. They they rent stuff like that. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you're a person that is distraught over this, which, yeah, it's a huge loss. And you know this means that Parks and Rec is gone, too. Oh, yeah. Like, like, and 30 Rock is already gone. 30 Rock's on Hulu. That's right. I got to get, I, I'm missing two seasons of 30 Rock. I got to hunt those down. Hmm. I couldn't, they don't have 30 Rock, a complete series. I got Parks and Rec, complete series. I got The Office, complete series. But 30 Rock, I've had to hunt individually. I feel like Which it's because they always great. think it might come back. You know what I mean? Like, they just don't accept the fact that she's really done. Like, no, she'll be back. She'll be back. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, no, no, no. That's that's definitely fair. But, yeah, so I, if you re, if you like a show enough where you're rewatching it on that level, become a bunker person like me where you're like, if shit goes <laughs> down, I've got it. Yeah. Because I've been in this situation a couple of times now where Netflix or whatever streaming service, usually Netflix, but it's just because they're the most popular, has tried to pull something from there. Or they, you know, like The Wonder Years is not on Netflix anymore, but I have the whole series. I mean, that's Um, why people feel suspicious of like digital services anyway, you know? Um, Because stuff like this stuff might just disappear. Um, even though you're paying for the service, even though you're basically mm-hmm. voting with your wallet, um, and they can see the analytics, they know people are still watching The Office because it's one mm-hmm. of the uh, the most like recommended shows on there. You go on on uh, Netflix right away, the first thing pops up. Well, I don't know if it's just me or not, but yeah, no, I, it is. It's one of, and it's one of their most viewed shows. Like they yeah. don't release numbers, but that is true. So but. there's that, and then there's the fact that like. You know, occasionally times change, tastes change. You know, some episodes may get taken down. They may, you know, lose rights to a certain aspect of that show. Maybe the music or something like that. Wonder Years has that problem, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, physical media is still worth it in certain instances, in my opinion. It's totally, I mean, for me, it's totally worth it. I. If I love a show enough to where I think I'm ever going to rewatch it, that's my rule. Yeah. Are you are you going to possibly want to rewatch this at some point? If the answer is yes, then I'm going to own it. That's a good. Like, that's a good. Um, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a good angle. My uh, that's one of my concerns about this all digital Xbox that came out recently, just the discless uh, Xbox. Yeah, I don't buy into that shit. Allegedly to save you money, but I mean, who owns an Xbox or who's an Xbox gamer for years and years and years that has only been digital? You at least and it kills it kills our resale 
like ability and oh, use, absolutely. you know, purchase ability. Right. Or just even just letting your brother or sister borrow the game, you know? Yep. That's, that's, that's a, a rite of passage, you know, passing it from one generation to the next. Um, it's bullshit. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I don't buy into the whole digital thing, but I, oddly enough, with the Switch games, I go full tilt digital with those because. Well, some of them are only digital. Like, yeah, there's that. And I mean, that's fair, but like the discounts are so deep on those, um, Nintendo cards around the holidays. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, you just you stock up on them and you have all this, like, you know, Nintendo cash to spend on, whatever. Plus, mm. I mean, they're little I was carts. not aware of this game. I was not aware of this. So. You're not aware of the, uh, the, the stockpiling game? No. I was not informed of this situation. <laughs> no, you know what? We talked about it recently, uh, previously, rather. And you were like, I don't understand how gift cards go on sale. That was that conversation. No, yeah, because I was asking you about online for... Uh, the Xbox because we were like we're going to game online and then I talked to the pastor about it Yeah, and and he was like I want to get in on that if you find a discount but I was yeah I was telling you I don't understand how cards <laughs> go on sale and I That's didn't have an answer thing. but I'm like you know what I don't care and they do <laughs> I, mean, I tell you yeah. what I do for, for gaming discounts though and this is a good tip for our listeners too um, there's a Twitter account Wario64 and oh, yeah, I follow that. Yeah, literally all Wario64 does is just tweet out gaming deals. So, you know, especially around the holidays, he goes nuts with that stuff. So if you're looking for something in particular, turn on your alerts and just keep an eye out. I don't know how to turn on alerts because it's attached to our – I don't have a personal Twitter. I just have the, the page. But yeah. either way, yeah, So if, you, if you're on your mobile First. and you just go to the person's, like, you know, page or their uh, profile, there's a little bell and you just click the bell. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's annoying as hell. You'll you'll get tired of it and turn it off, but it's there for you. Uh, <laughs> oh, I won't do that then. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I'm just warning you because, like, you know, I did it for Woot when they were having their um their Woot, Woot. off. Yeah. Woot.com. Woot. I used to go to Woot.com every single day. Don't I used to love their Don't fucking plug t-shirts. their website. They didn't pay us. What the That's fuck? what I say. I used to. I used to go to Woot. Now I don't really have a reason to go to Woot anymore because they, they got bought out by Amazon and their deep discounts aren't as deep anymore. So, yeah. I mean, it's a shadow of its former self, but they used to do this thing called a bag of crap. And the bag of crap would be some random item from their warehouse that they just couldn't get rid of. So it'd be feast or famine. You'd either get like mm. a candy bar or you would get like a 60 inch plasma TV. But, but okay. You would but be paying you... the same price. What? Yeah, you'd be paying $3 and they would just pick something to send to you. That's fucking insane. Yeah, and that was that was the value of it. But the wait, bag what of was crap, the best thing you got for the bag of crap? I never got it because, like, on oh, days where they do okay. the bag of crap, the site used to crash every single time because yeah. people just jumped on that at midnight. People would have an alert set, right. and they would get in there, <laughs> and they would get it. So um, another thing that we used to do, they used to do the wood off, and I think they still do, oh where it's like, yeah. They have a new deal until, you know, they run out of stuff to sell. So uh, even within the confines of the Woot Off, uh, they would have bags of crap show up sporadically throughout the Woot Off. And you'd have to jump on that or you'd just be out of luck. So, yeah, Archie and I used to be crazy over that. And we never really got one. But they had yeah. some good deals back in the day. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely curious to hear how people feel about 
that like not not woot but but about this <laughs> this all digital and like how we're kind of held to you know Netflix screwing you over yeah this type of situation and how now NBC wants to do their own streaming service all of these networks want to do their own streaming service have their own shit on there right, um cuz right. I'm not buying into this I'm just not like this is not going to happen for me I'm going to no. buy physical copies of stuff and just be an old bitter lady about it because no, I don't think there's a reason to buy into an NBC Universal streaming app. They don't really have any great shows on the network right now, besides The Good Place, and that's ending fairly soon. Brooklyn, so, Brooklyn Nine Nine now. Yeah, I mean, but that's not enough to make me want to buy a streaming service, though. I love it. No. Don't get me wrong; it's a great show. I'm glad it's back. There's no one show that will make me buy a streaming service like that. No. Um. The one show was Game of Thrones. That's done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's why I had HBO now. But with so, but with but with HBO, you got a lot of content that was worth that. That's true. I, I mean, some nights I would just be you know awake and I go through the movie section. I'm like, oh yeah, yep. HBO. You used to be able to just <laughs> that's what it used to be about going to HBO mm-hmm. to watch movies. Like, oh yeah, they have movies on here. Yeah, so, you have it guaranteed every Saturday night. You're going to get a recently released movie right. on HBO. Yeah, man, I still remember the old theme song for HBO. <laughs> like that's how crazy I was about it. I used mm-hmm. to love it. Um, I think my aunt had cable, and so when she would babysit us. Um, we would just be hyped for the Saturday night movie. We're hoping it was something good. And we never knew, yeah. you know, because we didn't just have like the automatic info right there in front of us. Sometimes you get mm-hmm. romancing the stone and sometimes you would get like Sophie's choice. Both. Oh great, yeah. Both great films, but only one of those is great for kids. <laughs> yeah. Oof. You could get some intense shit. Yeah. I-, I used to do that as well, where it's like, what's cable going to throw at me? What am I going to get today? <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah, you never know. And then sometimes it'd be like, oh, okay, they just showed the first movie. Now it's the sequel. You watched Mannequin. You're going to love Mannequin, too. Oh, when you get into that, that's the best. Because that was just like, oh, my God, it's all set. I'm here. I'm done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's some yeah. movie that you really loved and they made like a direct-to-DVD like sequel, you're mm. like, oh, they made a yeah. sequel to this? Oh, it's going to suck, but it's going to be good. That may, I, I do kind of want to revisit like some of those direct to DVD or direct to VHS, whatever it was at the time. Yeah. Like, uh, like the Aladdin sequel that's oh, like all wrong. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> the one with Hank Azaria as the genie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you guys, um, you got me on board, uh, with your Plex service recently. And I was mm. looking through some of that stuff. You guys got a good collection. Um, but, Plex, for those who don't know, um, is is a way of – so this is what's cool. If you have The Office, you can buy something like Plex. Like I own The Office on DVD, and then I can put it on my server. And it's basically like a digitized version of the things that I have, my my own stuff. Matt has access to it just because he's family. But, yeah. you know. <laughs> but it's a cool – it's a really great service. And they have great customer service too. We've had a couple problems in the past and oh. we've been like, hey – you know, I mean, not through, it's not like they're, you know, something went wrong. It's just like, hey, how do we fix this thing? Like, you know, this yeah. is messed up or whatever. So they're, it's so, a good company. There have been, like, Disney runs the table when it comes to direct to DVD, direct to VHS sequels. Mm-hmm. They were churning those suckers out like crazy, like in the late 90s, early 2000s. 
Like they had a Bambi two for some reason. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't understand that. So I don't either. With the with the direct to DVD and VHS sequels, it'd be weird because it's like the movie tells the complete story, so they would have to sometimes like do a, like an in between story. Like, all right, mm-hmm. this happened between these scenes, like Lion King one and a half. You know, I that movie was fun to me. I remember yeah. when that came out, and I was like, oh my god, that's the movie. But then they're <laughs> in the movie. It felt like I feel like that was like a. Like, uh, this is a taste of what comedy can be, Alexis. Like, you'll enjoy this. In my, in my brain, I'm, I'm still Alexis. So, anyway. <laughs> that was weird of the, um, that was, that was kind of the weird beginnings of the, um, meta Disney movies that they started coming yes. out with. You know? What other ones were meta? Like, like I would say Emperor's New Groove is the prime example of that. Oh, yeah. That movie was weird. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't get it. It was so self-referential, like everything, like yeah. the part where they're they're going, like they're chasing uh, Cusco around this map, mm-hmm. and they get lost, and then Kronk just pulls down the map, and he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> you know, we went around in circles like five times, and he's still right here, this little dot." Like, <laughs> I feel like I'd like it more as an adult, but I remember as a kid, it didn't click with me the way it did everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, um, I remember um, I, I skipped it, but Archie was like, dude, this is so your sense of humor. You have to watch yes. this. I'm like, okay. And I watched it, and I did not regret it. It was hilarious. Oh, my God. It's like the, got, like, um, the Road to El Dorado was like that, too. I yeah, remember being like, yeah. I don't really get this, but, you know, whatever. One of was those hidden gems. Oh, or was no, that DreamWorks? I think that was DreamWorks. Or, yeah, maybe Fox. See, DreamWorks got me with that Prince of Egypt. And yeah. then I was full forever. I didn't. I didn't have to eat again. I was so happy. <laughs> Prince of Egypt was wonderful. It was a delightful film. Um, we did not need Little Mermaid two. We no. We, we did not need. What Little is she going to do? Get rid of her legs? I don't know what happened. <laughs> again, she's going to mermaid again. Yeah, we didn't need that. They had an animated series, man. There was a little mermaid. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Oh my God. I forgot about that until just now. It just yeah, they had an animated series of all of them. Like yeah, they tried. They tried. Aladdin. They... <laughs> Aladdin's Lion animated King. series was actually Lion King good. was Timon and Puma. That was yeah. fun. Yeah, that was fun. Aladdin's was fun because it was like actually leading. It was continuing the lore of the movie. So they wanted you to suspend a little bit of disbelief and kind of act like the end of the first film didn't happen. And he was still a pauper. Uh, you know, or street rat, whatever they called him in the movie, but it it still played to the same themes, and then it led into uh, Return to Jafar, or it spun out of Return to Jafar. I don't remember. I don't um, either. But then the third one wrapped it all up, and Robin Williams was back, and it was great. Um, wait, what? He was back? Oh yeah, what? he came back for the third one. <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, the third one was really good. We met. I don't think I've seen this movie. Nineteen ninety six is. Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Oh, was that with his dad? Yeah. Okay, so I remember that one, not Jafar. I think I'm getting those two confused. Yeah, Return of Jafar was weird because it's like, he died. Well, guess I'm hunting down this this sequel, see if I can find that DVD. (laughs) That's why I have so many movies. I'm like, let me go through this dollar bin and find, become a hoarder. Hey, two for five at Walmart, ain't nothing to sneeze at. Mm -mm. Um yeah, yeah, but they so, they had all these sequels to their to their films. They were half so, decent. So speaking of movies, I'm curious. Yes. Have you watched Us yet? I don't know if you saw it in theaters or whatever. Have you I seen did. it yet? 
I did see okay. it, yes. So I just watched it. That's why I wanted to discuss this. Okay. Okay, so first of all, did you like it? I thought it was good. Yes, I did too. That's why I don't I, I don't want to taint your opinion of it by giving my review yet. So I'm going to let you go and then I'm going to chime in. Okay. Okay. So, okay, so us. Yes. So I watched I watched us over the weekend. Um and I so amazingly, I did not get spoiled on this movie. Mm. Um despite, you know, it being I mean, it wasn't get out, like it wasn't as culturally embedded as that movie was yeah but i mean it was it was a very successful film you know it did like twice the numbers of of get out and was critically acclaimed and everything yeah um and so i did go into it blind like i didn't know really much about it at all other than like a vague memory of the original trailer and then I like the actors involved. Um, I like, you know, I like Lupita. I like Mbaku. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the actual actor's name. But he was so you know, funny. He just owned that role so much. It's difficult to separate him from that character. I totally understand. It is, but at the same time, I when I was watching him and us, I knew it was him, but still had to look him up on IMDb because I could not believe that it was the same guy. Winston Duke, that's his name. Winston Duke, he yeah. completely transforms like yeah. from role to role, and I've only seen him in these two things now. But he's a totally different dude. Yeah, he's um, he's really good. Yeah, so I watched it. Are we worried about spoilers? I don't think we need to. I don't think so. I, I feel like for the folks that were excited for this movie, they've seen it, and for the folks that right, weren't excited a, about it, this may convince them to give it a look. Right. So you can pause this and go rent it you know, or yeah. buy it, whatever. And, and, you know, watch the movie. If you really want to see it, then you can come back. But <laughs> so I, 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 so there were things that I, I thought it was a little bit confusing at times. Yeah. Um, but I think it will benefit from rewatch. Um, just cause he peppers in so many little things. Yeah. So many references, so many little bits and pieces, uh, I think that some of the moments really did freak me out. So, like, I had to pause the movie halfway through, and I went to the bathroom, and I caught my reflection in the mirror, and it freaked <laughs> me out. It, it legit freaked me out. The kids that he cast were so good and so cre- – all of the casting, every yeah. single actor cast in this movie, you know, had to play dual roles, and just – unbelievable even like minor character like elizabeth moss playing just a secondary guest starring type of situation in this movie um was just phenomenal i love it when elizabeth moss pops up i do because she's she's always got such she's got chops you know I mean, that's that's just that's the best way I can describe it. She's got yeah. great acting shots. But I'm sorry, please continue. Uh, no, it's okay. Um, I loved, I loved how he built on this idea, the sewer thing. Like yeah. The, that there are these sewers, and like that statistic or whatever that he had in the beginning. My, I watched it with, I watched the movie with my dad, and my dad was like, "That can't be true," and I was like, "No way, that can't be true." And I looked it up, and it is like a thing. Like, this is, it, it's not. So some of it is stretched and like some of it is we don't actually fully know, but there is always something under your feet 
kind of deal. Oh yeah. And there's a there's apparently a whole book about it huh. that this one guy wrote, and that was mainly what Peel was was quoting or citing in that that theory. Um, so that creeped me out too. It was very creepy. I don't know if it was horrifying. Like, you know, I did see. I think it was Michael Rosenbaum said like he he. It's not like he hated the film, but he said it was. He didn't think it was a horror film. Uh huh. I don't know um, if it was more suspense or horror. Uh, but I think that's a fair category to put it into. And it doesn't take anything away from it. Like the Silence of the Lambs is not a horror film. It's a it's a thriller suspense film, and it scares the shit out of you at times. Like yeah. it's it doesn't it doesn't negate the fact that it's like very well done. Um, I I I thought that it, it left me thinking about a lot of things, like researching a lot of things. Movies don't do that a lot to me nowadays. Um, so I really enjoy that. I really enjoy when I feel like I can dig into ideas and concepts. And that's what Peel works with. True. He works with concepts. He works with this actually means something else. Like this whole movie is about poverty. Like this whole movie is about the forgotten house. One benefits and the other one starves. Like that's that's what this whole story is. And that I'm like, that's that's like where you get to true art. Um, I, you know. I do think that there was that like desire to get a twist, that desire to get things, and I wonder <laughs> how it clicks. Yeah. Like, does it make sense when you rewatch it? Because, you know, when you see The Sixth Sense, you go, wait, no, that can't be right. And then you rewatch it, and you go, oh, no, it was there the entire time, and it yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. I'm curious to re – I really do want to rewatch it and, and see, did he plant uh, – because I really have a lot of faith in him as a filmmaker. I think he probably did it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. What did you think of it? I, I really enjoyed it. I particularly with, I mean, he's a he's a brilliant director and all that, and we already know that. Like he's he, to me, he's he's definitely proven himself. Um, but re- really blew me away about the film was the performances. I agree. I just oh, so I agree. good. I think the performers really did a great job of of um, bringing these characters to life. Um, I got to tell you. After coming out of the gate so strong with Get Out, I yeah. think that my expectations were a bit too high for this film. Okay. Yeah. I think it was a wonderful movie, and I think that um, it it was just captivating in the cinematography in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. But as I watched it, when I when I let myself get sucked into it, it didn't feel like the same guy that gave us Get Out. It didn't feel like Jordan Ooh, Peele. It felt like I was I watching. About it. But oh here's God. the thing. I felt like I was felt watching like a, a 1970s. Hitchcock movie. Yes. That's yeah. what I loved, man. It was like he traveled back in time and did a late 60s, early 70s um, psychological horror film. Like he, he was making Rosemary's Baby. You and know? that's a double-edged sword right there for me. Uh, simply because, yeah, he did make something that felt like it was indicative of that time period. However, it also felt like it was an homage. It felt like it was something that yes. he was just kind of doing a, not even a paint by numbers. I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect it by saying that, but it felt like he was going with that old recipe. Like he mm-hmm. found his grandmother's recipe for cookies and he was trying to bake them just the way he remembers them and they turned out great. But, you know, now we have certain other methods of baking. We've come a long way. Like, we're not using lard in the recipe anymore, you know? 
Um, well, okay. So what was like? So you thought it was? Were you, so what do you mean by that? In the expectations of we do things differently now. So in like, the expectation what do you, of like, okay, take something like if we're if we're going with horror. So this was definitely okay. suspense. Yes. Just putting that on yes. the shelf. This was suspense. It's, that's fine. Yeah. But using no, wait, horror real quick. Were yeah. you horrified by Get Out? Like, um, like, did that feel like a horror film to you? Because it felt like suspense to me. It felt like suspense to me, way. too. But it, it had some, like, bone-chilling moments. It had some, like, you know, nail-biting yeah. moments in there. So did so did us. Like, I, I don't I don't get scared by a lot of movies nowadays. Yeah. And I think that that's, I, you know, people go, like, oh, they don't make horror films like the way that you should. I'm like, I don't think that's the case. I think we just become desensitized. I think if you're... 13 years old right now and you watch us which technically you shouldn't because it's rated r but go ahead do it kid um you know but if you watch us right now it's going to horrify you the way that i felt when i watched halloween for the first time i think there were some unsettling bits in there for sure yes Mm -hmm. however i never really got that air of okay things are going horribly wrong and it's because like even within even within the moments where things seem so dire like they couldn't get any worse the suspense was lifted because there were like some comedic bits that were worked into it by design. Mm-hmm. Like with, with, with Get Out, it seems like they had some moments in there that were kind of laughable, like, you know, just a little rel, period, being in a movie. Um, yeah. Like they were baked into it, uh, by design, yes, but they didn't detract from the overall, you know, horror, or not even horror, but the overall terror that was happening on the screen in front of you. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, just the, the deaths in the film weren't really given enough weight. Like when they, you know, are in the other family's home and mm-hmm. they end up having to fight them, you know, uh, and they end up killing some of these people. Like mm-hmm. for me, that brought to light some of the, uh, theory that I had in my, that I had working in my mind already that they had traded places, you know, because of yeah. the, the, the lack of, empathy the lack of of shock that her kids had after like killing these other human-esque yeah. looking beings you know <laughs> i i agree that 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 was missing i started to piece together that something was wrong with her yeah um as as she became seemingly more animalistic yeah like with every kill and you know Clearly, the son put it together, but no one else did. Right. And, you know, so you start to get that sense that something is wrong here. I actually didn't think it was the switcheroo. I thought it was two becoming one. Okay. I thought they were melding by yeah. by doing the thing that the other person did. The, the, actually, the, when they explained the two soul or one soul sharing two bodies, that is something in my that was kind of in my brain of like, what if you become them if you you know, take certain actions and do certain things. What if this is all about like the path that you can go either way in your life with just one little yeah. snap, one little change. Um, so that's kind of lot. what I thought. It, that, that, yeah. That's see, that's the thing. I kind of love like the layered, like, I don't know. I agree with you that there, that, that should have, those kids should have been distraught. Yeah. Yeah. As much as you were rooting for them. And I feel like this was the, so what he did in, in Get Out that was so brilliant was he had, instead of the black guy getting killed, the black guy survives and is the hero of the story. And yeah. that he was subverting 
you know, expectations. And he did, he carried that same thing and applied it to the young girl in this. I think she was the, the hero of that movie, in my opinion. The daughter. Yeah. Um, um, and she, cause she, she had more kills than anyone. She was taking care of shit yeah. left and right. Yeah. And, but by doing that, he had all of them lacking emotional depth and they, they didn't understand what they were doing. But they should have felt like I totally agree with you. They should have felt emotionally messed up by the fact that they killed someone that looks like someone they love. Right. Instead of fighting, I think they or they looks were, like yourself. They were fighting you know? over the front seat at one moment, like when they were trying to get away from the from the doppelgangers. That was I'm so like, fucking stupid. Okay. I was I was so frustrated with that. Yeah. See, and that's just the thing. Get out set the bar so high. I can I can just name any horror movie that I've seen within the past 20 years of my life and just, you know, count off all the things that are wrong with it. You know, movie mistakes. It's a thing. There's YouTube channels devoted to it. But when you come out with something that's like get out, that's damn near perfect, and then follow it up with us, which is great, but not quite at that level. So I feel like there were aesthetic choices that necessarily don't agree with, but I, I tried watching some of those, like, cause I, I wanted to find problems with, with us. Yeah. Story wise, because I was just like, okay. Cause I, I had heard. So back when it came out in theaters a couple months ago, uh-huh. this kid, this person in my class without spoiling it had said like, Oh, it doesn't make sense. Like the movie doesn't make sense. Okay. Like, it's all like it's a giant she like the professor was explaining what plot holes were basically and she was saying oh that's like what us is and i I was like okay so there's probably plot holes in this movie sure and i but so i started watching these youtube videos and i was like these things that you're describing are not plot holes they're they're either questions that were not fully answered which is seems like a choice that was made yeah or like they don't destroy or break the plot. Right. And you know, that's actually something that I was going to bring up um, when I was giving my critique about it, simply because, you know, there were a lot of unanswered questions at the end. I mean, with the big zoom out and the hands across America thing and how that tied in everything. Yeah. Like you're, you're left with more questions. Once again, that is some seventies yeah. um, horror film type <laughs> of shit, but you're left with more questions than answers, you know? And I think, of course, of course, it's by design, but it is definitely a choice. It's 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 a choice where it's like, okay, I don't know these answers. We may come back and and re-explore this world at some point, but for now, this is what you're getting. And that I think that's very. Yeah, that's seventies right there Hello? too. Yeah, can you hear me, Lex? Can you hear me? I can hear yeah. you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, that's weird. Just like chopped out. That's that is weird. We're having <laughs> weird connection issues tonight. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. So they. So it left some. Yeah. It, it it certainly left some things open. I didn't feel like those were plot holes though. Right. If it's by Did design, you feel it's like not a those plot were... hole. At the time, yes. at the time, I was disappointed because it's like I want to know more. Like, how does this universe work? If everybody has a doppelganger, what is happening in the rest of the world right now? I completely agree, you and know? I hope that he explores that world more. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be the same characters. He can pull like a Cloverfield type situation, yeah, where he's in the world but not, 
with the exact same people we had the first film. He's got a production company and his career. Monkey Paw. Yeah, Monkey Paw. And it's as bigger than his career is as, as big as it's ever been. Um, I, I remember a year or two ago, they were actually soliciting ideas from creators mm-hmm. of color. Like, hey, you have this great idea. You've always wanted to see it get made. Come talk to us about it. Kind of pulling like a Tyler Perry, but specifically yeah. with like, you know, supernatural and, and interesting, like, sci-fi sort of stuff and that was so cool to see um so i, I can't wait I, to I, see what comes uh comes out of that you know full full honesty with moment that moment yeah when because i remember us talking about it and so i looked at that and i'm like oh they're only accepting creators of color yeah. i was like well shit that sucks i can't do it and then i went oh you know what that makes sense okay cool <laughs> That's, like, so that's oh. so guys that's that's how you deal with a moment where you go I don't have the thing that, that someone else is getting right now um get over it get back to work on your own shit you'll be fine right right it's like oh yeah that's right the privilege yeah okay yeah then I'm like oh yeah how many fucking horror films or sci-fi or you know because they were calling for specific genres have you seen by people of color in the past right. couple of years right okay well Jordan Peele all right cool End of fucking list. That's End why list. they put. That, that's why they put people of color specifically. Um, that's where you go. You root for people. Not don't work, don't go like. Why are they getting a thing that I'm not getting? Um, because fucking everyone before you got a thing that they didn't get. So, chill. Like I, I mean, I remember that being a thing when that came out. Wasn't it like people were getting mad about that? Just like they get mad about like any time we discuss. Um, God, what's it called with colleges and all that stuff? Oh, um, yeah, um, see, that, you know how it goes, like, when you can't remember something and then you're trying to remember it with someone yes. else and then they can't remember it. I hate when that happens. Someone someone in their car is screaming, <laughs> at, screaming at us. About, yeah, screaming. but, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. We know what you're talking about. Okay, but, yeah. Right, and then people get people get all, you know, bent out of shape about that. I'm like, there, it, it's not. It's not taking something from you. It's equalizing. Like it's making it a, a true level playing field. You know. Right. right. Um, it's making up for the fact that, like, you know, this was not an opportunity given to previous generations or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I walked away from it going, okay, it left left me with a lot of questions, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, there were some things that I, I, I agree with you on the like tonally and all, you know, things like that, but I really enjoyed it. I love his use of color. That's one thing that yeah. I'm like, dude, what the That's fuck? what I was saying. Like, this, the You've cinematography been was that color wheel. Gorgeous. Damn, dude. It was absolutely gorgeous. Like from start to finish, every, every choice that he made, um, or, you know, who he, his team made, I should say, cause it, you know, it wasn't just him, but like it everything just, Everything was a was a was a work of art. Every every frame of that film was a work of art. Yes, and that was 100%. so cool. Yeah, yeah, I, and I agree. And I'm I'd be curious if you rewatch it because I know I'm going to end up rewatching it at some point. Yeah, it's on. Like, uh, what do you feel? It's on it, home release know? now, so yeah i I got to go back and check it out just to just to yeah. see if like okay maybe my expectations were too high. That's happened to me before. Where and we talked about this a little bit on the on the uh, the movie episode on Patreon. Just like mm-hmm. you know, sometimes my expectations are so high going in that I have to give it some time to breathe and revisit it later. Matrix revisit, mm-hmm. yeah, just like that. Yeah, um, no. yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm genuinely curious to see what he does next. So, what what is his next thing going to be? 
because whatever it is I'm in like that's I mean at the end of the day I'm still in you know he's one of whether it lives up to the expectations or not he's still one of my favorite creators right now because it does feel like there's no one else like him yeah he's he's doing the original voice absolutely and that's I feel like it's because he's got that that comedic background you know like that's a big part of understanding how horror works it's it's just getting that reaction knowing how long to wait and as much crap as i give their show for not having those beats quite right it seems like he's really like hit his stride with with uh with suspense so yeah Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you meant key and peel right yeah exactly okay Yeah. yeah sorry i didn't clarify but yeah no you're good i just wanted to to double, I was like, wait, is there another TV show that I'm not aware of? <laughs> Have you watched the um, Twilight Zone? I saw the first one with Camille. Mm-hmm. Kumail, I haven't seen rather. any of it. Camille, um, yeah. I did enjoy it. And uh-huh. I mentioned, I think I mentioned this on social media. I'm going to go back and actually watch the whole season once they finish up. I'm going to catch up on that and I'm going to catch up on Star Trek. It's um, not done. I'm sorry, it's not done? I think they just showed the season finale. I could be wrong. What? Oh, yeah. do they do week by week? Um, Yeah, they do. Oh, that's how they keep you. Okay. Yeah, and you know what? It's kind of interesting having to wait like I'll that. I'll buy it's... the DVD, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> if, the, if it comes out. Because Star Trek had its first season. I don't think that's even on DVD yet. Hmm, let's yeah. find out. Because they had... So you're going to their... revisit these. Yeah, I'm going to revisit them. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm excited to see the, uh, the Twilight Zone stuff because I did enjoy that first episode a lot. I thought that was pretty great. I've heard good things about it. Yeah, it's I called have Discovery, too. right? Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Discovery. Season one is on Blu-ray. Oh, okay. And they just aired season two, so I'm sure that'll be a few months off. Dang. Like, and the great thing is, I don't know anything about this show. I, I don't either. Nothing about it. So I'm gonna enjoy every moment of it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Star Trek, just kind of like off topic, <laughs> I saw something today. A, a friend of mine posted <laughs> a theory that if Star Trek Voyager hadn't have been so ill received by the fan base because uh, of sexism, continue. Obama may have never become the president. What? Yes. So. I can I can I can quote this from memory. So Jerry Ryan, um, uh, Star Trek Voyager was uh, kind of floundering, so they decided to add more sex appeal. They added Jerry Ryan as the Borg Seven of Nine. Uh, Jerry Ryan yeah. became uh, super popular because of that show. Her husband mm-hmm. or her ex-husband at the time uh, was running for political office here in Illinois. Now. When he ran for office, the details of his very public divorce came up because of Jerry Ryan's celebrity, and we found out that he was into all kind of um, kinky shit, which is no big deal, but his wife wasn't into it, and that caused for them to have strife in their marriage, and they broke up. So because uh, Does that of, mean it was abuse or something? No, 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 but it was um, it was one-sided which probably meant that he cheated and all kind of other shit, you know, oh, to get what okay, he wanted. Yeah. But it, it involved like sex clubs and stuff like that. So oh, because okay. all of that so, was brought yeah, to light. And yeah, and so all that was brought to light and it flew in the face of, you know, the Republican Party's 
traditional Christian values, at least at that time, uh, it gave way for the young upstart, Barack Obama, to become, <laughs> to get political okay. office here in Illinois, therefore propelling him to the office of President of the United States of America. Thank you very much. Butterfly flaps its wings, yeah. and then we get it. And then we get a black president. <laughs> That's how it happens. Thank you, Jerry Ryan. Better get another fucking butterfly. <laughs> That's right. It's goddamn wings right now. We because, need all the butterflies. Yeah. Fuck. Someone let that shit out of your garden so that twenty million <laughs> butterflies can flap their fucking wings so that we. End. Okay. Yep. yep. Oh yeah, that's an, that is interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, Voyager people who don't like Voyager, those those people that didn't like Voyager back then. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and guess why. Hmm. Same reason that they didn't like uh, what should we call it? Uh, Cisco. Oh, oh that. Oh yeah. Oh, there's a reason yeah. for some of this stuff. I like Voyager. I thought it was decent. We've talked about this before on the show, of course. Voyager is the only one I've been able to watch. I thought that Jerry Ryan was incredibly attractive. Now, even with that, I felt weird. She's like a better looking Denise Richards. (laughs) But I felt weird watching her on that show because it's like, why are they putting a Borg in a skin tight outfit? Why does this Borg have on high heels? What's up with the smoldering looks? Why is she always so super made up when all the rest of them are like gray and have skin falling off of them? Uh, it was just kind of weird, man. It was like mm. Borg's Borg's fuck too, Matt. Lacutus <laughs> <laughs> like, needs to get his dick wet. Oh, see, you took it too far. I did. That's it. I did. That's the line. We That's, found it. That's we the found line. the line. Okay. Yep. Moving on. <laughs> No, that I, I that's that is interesting. I do love stuff like that where it's like, oh man, this is X, <laughs> Y, and Z happens, and that's how you get not necessarily a presidency, but that you know that's how you get certain things. You right, know, right? It's the uh, the shark and jaws didn't work, so you know he had to shoot around it, and that's how you get the film that we saw. Right. That kind of stuff. It's cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so they're re-releasing Avengers Endgame in they theaters. Are. I feel like and it never putting, left. It didn't. It didn't leave. Um, they're putting... So they're putting extra footage at the end. Uh, and we don't know the details of it. The rumor is is that it's a tribute. So so Kevin Feige said there's going to be a tribute. There's some stuff you haven't seen, some surprises, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. the, the rumor is is that the, the bonus scene is the cut scene so they in the final film right before they released avengers they were testing endgame it at least they were testing it with this clip at the end of tony talking to his daughter as an adult after oh. he so it's the soul stone scene what did it cost everything like yeah. that moment it's yeah. tony's version of that and it's his daughter as like a adult woman like my age or maybe a little bit younger. Okay. So they cast this girl. They put this in the final film. People were too confused. They didn't know who the girl was. They didn't understand it. So they cut it last huh. minute. Okay. But they have this this scene that's done. So the rumor is that it's going to be that scene. Well, that's interesting because that adds an air of finality to it, too. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the way that it ended, it's like, oh, hey, he might find a way to creep back in there somehow. You right. know, they might I, resurrect him as a robot or something, you know. But No, I think that it's it's truly done. But 
basically what they what I've read into it is just the audiences were too confused by it. Yeah. Um, they didn't understand who this girl was and why he was talking. Whatever. That's that's. I mean, I think that's kind of stupid. I'm like, well, look, it sounds like it makes sense to me. After um, three but, hours, I know I would have had to go to the washroom. And when you have to pee that bad, your sense of reasoning is pretty much nil. So, yeah, right, you can't right. spring something like that on people who have full bladders. That's just yeah, not, not anything cool. that you can cut out of a movie that long. I mean, <laughs> yeah. sometimes you got to trim, trim the fat of that. Uh, and the reason that they're doing this, the reason that they're... Um, re-releasing it as an event like this and saying we've got extra things is because they're i believe 20 to 30 million dollars shy of avatar yes as the highest grossing film of all time so they're like we're going to re-release it so we can get that extra push people will see it they'll go pay to watch that extra they'll, they'll put the money in to at least watch that bonus footage if not watch all of the movie again right um i mean i've been looking for an excuse they'll, to they'll go. become Right, and they'll be it'll become the uh, top grossing film of all time. Yeah, I really think the reason why it didn't get as much traction uh, as as an Avatar is just because of the very size of the film. Of course, people went back for multiple viewings. I know most of the folks that I know that enjoyed the film went back at least once to see it again. It's it's a Avatar did the exact same thing. That's why Avatar oh, yeah, made the, the money that it made. Yeah, and it also had 3D. Yes. So there were some people that were going back to watch it in 3D. Like, had, you know, they might have gone to a standard. It had 3D at a time that 3D wasn't as prevalent, you but, know. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. me, Avatar is total horseshit, and I can't wait to see it get knocked off. <laughs> I mean, I'm not as pessimistic as that when it comes to Avatar, because it, it did fill that void. It brought 3D back to the forefront and really... Oh, um, I, I think 3D's horseshit, too. Okay. I mean, that's fair, but... <laughs> I tend to like 3D sometimes. It really title, depends on the Episode title, 3D's horseshit. No. 3D's horseshit. <laughs> Look, I mean, it's like, okay, so Beowulf, I think, do you, came Wait, out, do you like 3D movies? I like some movies in 3D, yeah. I like having that option. Because it adds, to me, it adds wait, an Wait, what was the last of, one you did? Sorry, like, go ahead. No, <laughs> you're like, go ahead, but you keep asking me questions. Um, oh, shoot, it's hard to remember. Uh, what was the last movie I saw in 3D? It might have been Avengers 2, for goodness mm. sakes. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, I think the, I think the last one that I saw in 3D, yes, um, was Finding Dory. Okay. And and I did that because I had seen Up. Yeah. In 3D, and I loved the dimension, mm -hmm. um, for the animated film, like. So I was like, I loved finding. I saw Finding Nemo numerous times in theater when it came out, theaters when it came out. Okay. So I of course had to see Finding Dory, um, and I went and I was like, I actually do want the 3D experience with this movie, and I yeah. don't regret it. No, okay. So it is horseshit in most cases, except for cases like Finding Dory and Up. But let me just clarify my stance on this. Just give me a second. Let me just clarify what I'm saying. So. I like movies that actually do use it to add depth more than just, you know, the shock of something coming at your face. Like, that gets oh, yeah. annoying. So when they add that extra scene in there where it's like, oh, man, this character is swinging a sword around and it's this close to your face, that gets annoying as hell. That's what Avatar did. But Avatar struck a chord 
with a lot of moviegoers who hadn't experienced that because like a whole generation had passed between when like the shitty 3d glasses were out that were like champagne colored or just the red and blue or something as simple and simplistic as that um you know because they're always looking for ways to separate the theater experience from just staying at home and watching tv and so that actually gave them like a, a weapon to use in that war, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. It got butts in seats, you know. Um, I other just, than that, I, I, I just that, it's a gimmick. Yeah, I, it is a gimmick, but it's no, a gimmick no, no, that's, that's not harming anything, you know. So that's so that's totally fair. Like that's that is a good assessment of like, oh yeah, it gets butts in seats. I'm not really talking about the 3D, but I, you know, I joke about that. I, I agree that it's particularly when it's filmed in 3D. Yeah. Um, to give that depth that you're describing, it's much better. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a more enjoyable experience. And so I remember I would specifically look up when a film came out around that time, was it filmed in 3D? Okay. Or was it like, you know, I would go on IMDb and investigate ahead of time to see, is it worth seeing in 3D? So I did that for a couple of movies, and I just got sick of it. Like I said, the last one was Finding Dory. I don't know how many years ago that was, but it was quite a few. Um, yeah, I, I, to me, I have, I have my own separate issues with James Cameron. Um, I find him annoying. At, with, with his, um, I think that there's an arrogance to him that I'm like, eh, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, yeah. and and I, I also find the you know, it's been 10 years since Avatar came out. Yeah. Because um, it's 2000, 2009, correct? If I'm not mistaken. So we're at the 10-year mark with that. And he's still talking about sequels and stuff. And you know, I'm like, yeah. I don't care about this world that much. I don't think he... I don't think there was enough world building to make it that interesting. It was visually stunning, but was it interesting? Right. I didn't find it interesting. I didn't. I didn't care. It felt like a ride. Uh, yeah. like, you know how they, they have the Disney park now, like the, or whatever, like they have Avatar Land or whatever it's called, Navi, I don't, I don't remember. But yeah. like that, I go, oh, that makes perfect sense. Like, that's what it felt like to me. It didn't feel like a movie. <laughs> so it's a weird, yeah, it's a, it's a weird fit. It's definitely a weird fit. And the most, the, the biggest reason people went to go see Avatar was because of the 3D. Yeah, you know, if and, anybody's and the, saying the they CGI. liked it for the, the yeah. CGI was good too. But if anybody's saying they went to go see it for the story, they're lying to you because very few people no, that dude, you talk people to are obsessed with that movie. I don't like, know, man. Everybody I talk to about it can't really tell me anything about the actual story. They're like, the 3D was great, the CGI effects were cool, but it's like, yeah, he became a big blue cat um, for reasons. Okay, I I want to hear input from you guys on this. Adventurers assemble. <laughs> I yeah. need to hear, I need to hear, like, it doesn't have to be you either. It can be someone you know of, like, I liked the story or, you know, we're into that world yeah. or whatever. We want those rider guys. We want the folks that were just, like, showed up for Avatar and will show up for Avatar again today. Let us know. Yes. Excited for the sequels. Like, yes. who who is excited for the sequels to Avatar? <laughs> and notice I'm saying sequels because he has promised, like, five films. Yeah. Yeah, and for he, years. And he's made these promises. And then it, I remember when it came out, he was like, all this technology, all this stuff. And I'm like, if you – and I remember a couple years later, I turned on FX or whatever, and Avatar was on. Yeah. And I shit you not, like, The Matrix looks way better than Avatar right now, and it's 10 years older than Avatar. 
Like it's funny. Like they use Avatar to sell those smooth motion TVs too. Whenever I was in a Best Buy, when oh, those yeah, I uh, those TVs were coming out with the motion smoothness thing, it was always Avatar playing, and I'm like, why does this look so weird? And it just stuck with me. Like I associate that with Avatar now as well. I'm I, see, I'm I'm obnoxious. I hate that too. Like oh yeah, that, I, I that turn that off immediately oh. when I get a new TV. I turn it off immediately. Oh, I went. God, to, I sound so pretentious. Yes. When I get a new no, television, no, no, no. I turned it off. I turned it off immediately. <laughs> and my grandparents went. Like I went to their house and they had that shit on, and I was yeah. like, "This is going off now. This is terrible." <laughs> every time, I, every time I go visit these grandparents, I want to help fix their TV because there's so many things uh-huh. that could be improved. And she's like, "Don't you dare." This is what they Why like. Not? This is their thing. Let them enjoy they it. They don't know what they like. They don't That's know what they're why, missing. They don't know what they, they like. <laughs> I'm sorry. Remember when people, I'm, remember when we had VHS and DVDs and there was full screen? Oh, yeah. And widescreen. And people were like, I want the whole, I want the whole screen. I want full screen. And I'm like, no, that's been chopped down and pan and scan. You don't know what you like. I'm going to tell you what you like. You like seeing the whole fucking movie. You're getting now, widescreen. There was one Christmas that I ended up getting all of her uncles. Well, we ended up getting her uncles. Uh, Amazon Fire Sticks, you know. Yeah. And they were like fairly new and everybody was going crazy about them. And, you know, some mm-hmm. people were using them to download um, certain apps that allow you to see movies for free. We weren't, <laughs> yeah. we weren't encouraging that. We were just like, look, here's this thing. You can watch your Netflix on there. You can get YouTube videos, yeah. all that great stuff. Cause they weren't gamers. They didn't have like, you know, a set top box that could do all that yeah. already. So I'm like, this is the perfect gift. They're, they're, they're movie files. They love this stuff. And so, you know how, like when you go to your connected devices in Amazon and you can see like where they're at and the last time they were used and stuff like that, not one of them opened this. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I was so disappointed. Like, I was looking at him, like, maybe six or seven months later, and it was like, not in use, not in use. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's why when you give it, when you give a gift like that, you have to offer to help put it, put it together. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a kid's toy. If you, if you get a kid, I mean, that, I'm not trying to belittle people. Like, Mm -hmm. technology can be tough for some people, and that's fine. Like, and so that's a part of it to me. Like, if I give, you know, if I give my niece a, like uh like a little mini house that like she can play in or something like that yeah. i'm gonna put it together for her like yeah. that's a part of the deal if i give my grandmother that fire stick you know like you had <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna install it and make Absolutely. sure she knows how to use it like that so that's one of those things like ah yeah i could see them being like kind of like because people shame i'm not saying you do this i know you don't do this but there are a lot of people out there that are like, oh, I don't want to deal with like my parents, my grandparents not knowing how to use technology <laughs> and like teaching them how to use it. And I'm like, God. and I've literally told I told my my neighbors this and stuff. I'm like, ask me. I yes. will help you. There is no shame in this. Do not suffer alone. Like I just I get really frustrated with people that are younger that are like, they should just know how to do this. I'm like, no, they didn't grow up with this. Right. My grandmother didn't have television until she was like getting ready to enter her teens. So like she, that they just read and then they had radio and that's it. How can you expect her to know how to work like an Apple iPhone? Right. Exactly. 
So, I don't know. <laughs> I just, yeah, I was a little disappointed by that, but you know, I, so I get it. Life. That is, that's frustrating. That is totally, and it's not like, it's not like, oh, it's your fault. I'm just saying, like, I can see why older people or anyone who's just not tech savvy, they, they get a thing and then they just don't even install it because they're, they know that they're not going to be able to do it. They're going to get frustrated. Yeah. And there's, they don't want to ask for help because there are some people out there that like belittle. Asking for help. I actually don't mind helping folks with that type of thing. I mean, it's it's technically I don't either. I've inherited that as part of my job, like at my day job. I'm always Mm -hmm. the one that's helping, like set up different systems and stuff like that. Not because I have to. I just I like doing it. I like helping people figure stuff out. You know? Yeah. Because I I know how frustrated I I get. I love building shit. Like yeah, like IKEA stuff or whatever. It's it's the best. It's high stakes Legos. Yeah, really? Because <laughs> if you mess up, oh, man. Yeah. yeah like, I remember I had to tell somebody recently that the pegs that you use on the Ikea furniture, it's it's like got an adhesive if you wet them. They didn't know that. Whoa, That's so cool. Really? You didn't know that either? Oh, my gosh. Hot okay. damn. This is great. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the pegs that you use to, like, affix the different shelves into place, if you soak them in a cup of water... You can take them out, and they have like a, a self adhesive that you can uh, use to hold them in place. Like no more shit just sliding out anymore. Hmm, it's great. Interesting. Yeah, that's cool. really helpful. <laughs> I had no clue. Yeah, man, that, that was a thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. Yeah. No, that's cool. I did not know that. Interesting. Word. So. Yeah, I don't mind that either. Like, no big deal. Yeah. Let's see. So you said something about voice acting <laughs> classes. <laughs> yeah. So I was uh, I was talking to Dee about this fairly recently. I um I've always wanted to get into voice acting, and it's one of those okay. pie in the sky sort of things. It's like you know, I I I see all these voice actors that go to conventions and stuff like that. Um, I admire a great deal of them. I love their work. I mean, Kevin Conroy is a legend. Uh, you know, uh, all these, all these folks that do the, uh, the English translations for the anime shows, they do great work. And it just seems like something really cool to get into. And I've always wanted to do it. People have told me for years and have patted my ego saying, Oh man, you've got a great voice. You should do something with that. And so I'm like, cool, podcasting, done. I did something with it. Awesome. Here I am. But I feel like I could do more. You know, and it's just something that I've I've wanted to play around with doing voiceover work, even for like somebody's independent cartoon or something like that. I would love to get involved with something, even if there's not that much money involved with it. Like it just be fun. So the opportunity arose uh, to take a class at Second City. I noticed that recently Second City has begun to offer video game voice acting classes. Okay. So I think it's like a six-week program, and it, it's it's taught by um, a, a an instructor that uh, is pretty popular in the Chicago area, and she does great work. She comes highly recommended by a lot of folks that I I know in the acting community, and uh, also I guess um, it's 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 uh, also uh, taught by one of the guys that works at NetherRealm Studios. So, okay. I mean, you're getting like, you know, insider information, I guess, as well. 
Uh, so I, I don't know if I can be the guy that says, get over here in the next Mortal Kombat. I want to do that. <laughs> I don't, I, so, so my thing is, I, what are you, why are you hesitating at all? Because it's $250. Okay. That's a lot of money and a lot of time. Honestly, it's a lot of time too. I mean, if you think about it, six weeks, uh, for like three hours a week is a pretty big commitment, especially for something that's, it boils down to right now being a hobby, you know? Right. But hobbies but are good for people. Hobbies are good for people. Um, you know, I'm, I'm famously, uh, chided for being too busy at times. So I'm also trying to be mindful about that, you know, putting something else on my plate because I don't really have anything else that I can take off of it right now. So, but it's, so I, so yes, you are, you do too, you, you get too busy. You take on yes. too many things, yes. but, this is a thing that is going to bring you happiness, like, and is going to be just for you. So, in a way, it's basically self-care. <laughs> that's a good way of looking at it. Um, I, I mean, right. to me, that's the, it's like if I go, I've had a really shitty week and I go up and I'm like, I'm going to buy yarn for a new project to knit. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's the, to me, it's the exact same thing. Is it a steep entry? Sure. Um, but if you have the money, like, and you know, it's not going to, you know, hurt you financially. Mm. I don't see any reason why you should hesitate to do that because yeah, you're taking three hours a week for six weeks. Is that what you said? Yeah. Right. You should take three hours a week for yourself. Okay. Like, no question about it. Like, you should be doing that. I had a feeling that you would be all for this because I know that one of one of your dreams is to uh, study at Second City as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, and well, you're... That, that, even that aside, it's not, that's not the point to me. The point is, is that it's a thing you're just doing for yourself. Like, right. it doesn't matter where it, it could be at like, a you know local library or something and be mm -hmm. free and i would say still do it like you know I, yeah you have money to lose but realistically what do you have to lose right i mean i i, I feel like it wouldn't be really a um a waste of money uh completely because even even without like getting into the voice acting industry it's skills that i could bring back to the various podcast projects that i do um, to the various, you know, announcing projects that I do from time to time, even with like the, the indie wrestling stuff, I can, I can bring those skills. Right. Uh, that I or learned you from just this have fun. Yeah, that too. You I just mean, have fun for the sake fun of is having great. fun. I have fun already, you know, but I want to do something. If I can do something that's fun and productive, that's like, that's, that's, that's right, the But not everything center. has to be productive. You just need to remind yourself that it doesn't have to, you don't have to do a thing that's going to monetize. You don't have to do it. Like you don't have to go, I need to monetize this or, sure. or apply it to X, Y, and Z aspirations that I have to yeah. do, to allow yourself to do it. Just allow right. yourself to do it. Like, and I get that. It's, it's up. not, it's not really the money aspect of it. Like, I, I feel bad that I brought that up into the conversation at this point. Anyway, like, it's more... It's a factor. Who cares? Like, I yeah, mean, you know... But what I'm saying is, it's like... It can be expensive. They can be. But what I'm getting at, ultimately, is it's not about getting money from it. It's just about, like, all right, I want to do something that's going to edify me as a person, you know? 
I am I am so on board for this that if it conflicts with our schedule, we will record another night. <laughs> we will move this entire podcast because such, I think that you need to do this. You're I think such a supportive person. I appreciate well, it's that. Been, it's been – clearly it's something you've wanted to do for a while, and I'm going to be the like the Jimmy Cricket that's going, you have to do it. Like you just have to. You like there's okay. no there's no question in my mind that you have to do this because you want to. Your opinion and that's has enough been noted. for me. That's yeah, and I appreciate that. I appreciate Assuming D's on board. If D's not on board, then I'm out. Like, you know what? I bought it up to her and right away she said that she'd be behind me hundred percent no matter what I chose. You know, I like her. You should yeah. you should, you should ask her out. I, you know I, <laughs> I hope she likes me. <laughs> it'd be kind of weird if she didn't at this oh, point. Oh, it'd be awkward. Yeah. But, but I mean, sure. hey, there's a lot of married couples that go that direction after a while, but not us. No, I still like her. She's cool. She's cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that you should. We like, And, you know, as far as your commitments are concerned, on our end, we will work around it. I realize this is in-house <laughs> stuff that we're, but we're just, hey, this podcast is all about friendship. This is an inside look at our friendship, everyone. We there will work go. around it. I, I appreciate I the encouragement. Shit. I'm like, still considering it and I got to do a little bit more research into like what's actually involved and, in, uh, signing up for it. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm strongly considering doing that. So we'll see. I think you should. I, yeah. I think that you should do your research like yeah. everyone should, you know, when you're getting and committing to anything. Right. But then I think you should, um, as long as it looks good. Yeah. yeah go yeah. for it. Unless it's a relationship, then then you're just a stalker. That's weird shit. Don't do that. Um, uh, yeah. No. How about? Oh. <laughs> there's research and there's getting to know somebody. When it's research, it's stalking, and that's yeah. not good. <laughs> so so speaking of hobbies, yes. So my hobby just just did some hardcore shit. Um, did no? I'm curious. Did you hear about Ravelry? doing this outside of me posting it in our notes. No. Like, did you hear about this knitting website that banned Trump supporters? See, that would involve me knowing what Ravelry was before even clicking on the link. And the fact okay, that I just a lot tripped of... over that word lets you know that I was not aware of what okay. Ravelry is. Well, I don't is. expect you to know what the thing is. I was asking, like, because I've seen a lot of headlines, like, knitting website does oh, X, okay. Y, and Z. That's what yeah. I meant. Like, did you see any headlines like that? Not a one. Because it was it was like trending and it became a thing like to the point where NPR was writing about it. I'm like, oh my god, we're legit. Oh wow. Okay, so well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the link is from BuzzFeed, so that's that's legit in and of itself. So that's right. cool. So Ravelry is okay. So knitting now, most of these patterns are not like published in books. I mean, yeah. there are books, there are physical books you can get, mm. um, but a lot of them are just online. You're buying the pattern and sometimes the like particular artists will, creators will collect things in a book, like an a, a ebook and you can purchase for your patterns. So Ravelry is the website that is knitting community. Um, it's kind of a steep learning like learning curve it's Hmm. it's actually a surprisingly complicated website um but it's incredible so you have crochet patterns you have knit patterns basically everything out there there are extensive message boards there you know you can friend someone you can find local yarn shops it's a whole thing i mean it's it is incredibly detailed it's the standard in this community for publishing your Hmm. Your pattern. There are things that are free. There are things that are paid. 
you can follow particular artists that you like, follow your yarn shop, all that jazz. That's really cool. Yes, it's awesome. Um, But one thing that has happened is, uh, I'm not going to say the name. I know the name of one of the one of the problem people involved. Not like the first name, but the username. Um, And I won't say it because I don't want anyone going after us in any capacity. Um, But within the knitting community, they know who the person is. And they've created a lot of Trump patterns. So like MAGA hats and Trump 2020 and shit like that. Yeah. And apparently beyond. So I knew about that. And I knew there were a lot of discussions. So the knitting community has been confronting racism for several months now, like it's been in the in the the discussions. Now that you kind of started to tell me about, yeah. Yes. So like there were creators and knitters of color who were saying, I deal with a lot of bullshit in this community because there are a lot of white women who are very ignorant of our situation. Yeah. And, you know, to the point of like I go into a shop and they think that I A got lost or B don't know how to knit or, you know, see, want to steal something, all of that bullshit. Hmm. Okay. Uh, dis- discrimination. Yeah. Um, and then discrimination towards creators. and uh, It's just, it's like any, any, we're dealing with this as a whole in our society. And you see it, you know, just like you're dealing with comics gate or whatever. You deal yeah. with a micro level too. And now the knitting community is mostly women. So what we're dealing with is there's not like I don't see a lot of issues of sexism in the community or anything like that because it's it's primarily women. Um, and I actually don't see a lot of issues with like LGBT inclusiveness and things like that. Um, uh, Ravelry, if you go on their website right now, um, mm. they their their home logo is just the pride flag. Um, and on their front page, they have the pride flag and the trans pride flag so like they are like so it's a very inclusive but like it hasn't dealt with racism and it hasn't dealt with um that the people of color particularly women of color in our community um have different issues that we are not addressing um and that we you know we are sometimes bystanders of sometimes we are causing the pain itself um, all of these things. So essentially, I guess what happened was, and I'm and I'm still trying to figure out exactly why Ravelry took this this stand, which was we're banning Trump support. Wow. Um, they're not retroactively doing it. So basically, that stuff that's still on there, I think, unless it's reported or something like that, like is allowed to stay up. But from this point forward, they're not allowing it on their website, and it's really the first social media to ban outright. Because it is a social media platform. Like, you have a profile, you have message boards, and apparently this creator was a part of all of these Trumpster people who were basically, like, being in their neo-Nazi ways on the message boards and stuff like that. Man. Um, I mean, it's... It's... it's Fortunately, not not even fortunately, just thankfully, mm -hmm. it's becoming more apparent to folks that this is an act of hate. This is hate speech. Yes. Yeah. This is exclusion. This is bigotry. It's it's every phobia you could possibly imagine. And they're taking a stand against it. And I would hope that as Americans and as just humans, 
we can respect that they're taking a stand. Yeah. Well, of course, now they're going, and even people who are not in this discussion, now there's a lot, and one big thing in the knitting community, especially with older ladies. Now, this yeah. is the thing. Yeah, that's going to be a hard sell. Okay, so the knitting, but the knitting community is very diverse. Like, there are a lot of young women and young yeah. men. There are men that knit and crochet and all of that, and they're awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, so, young men and women who are involved with this, um, are more diverse than previous generations, just like everything else. Like there are more LGBT, there are more people of color, X, Y, and Z. Like, and there, there seems to be more openness overall from what I've seen from the young people that I'm a part of. Now, granted, we all have our bubble, like we all have our, our situation. Um, but, you know, I go to a particular yarn shop. Not my local one, but like a I've been to a yarn shop that has those little signs that say no talking about politics here, which is like the most privileged shit in the world. Like that's a choice. It is, um, it, you know, it's a it's a choice that that they're making as older white women to be like, we don't have to worry about that. That's not our problem. Um, and so that's been. <laughs> That's been a whole thing. The crafting community is the crafting community has no choice but to be involved in this. No, if we're talking about signs, we're talking about pussy hats, we're talking about yep. our flag. It was all made by women who are crafters. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to exclude men, of course, but historically and I mean, famously yeah, it is that that's what i it's like yeah i'm not excluding men either but there right. are like it is mostly a female community which right. is and one wanna, of the things that i love about it exactly i want to i want to honor that you know mm-hmm. so that being said yeah politics is so deeply tied to the crafting community it's impossible just to just go oh yeah no we don't want to talk about it of course you don't want to talk about it because i understand to a certain extent just like comics in a way it's escapism and it's something that you're interested in because you want to distract yourself from the trouble of the world around you. Yeah. But even with comic books, these things were birthed by the desire to do something to better the world. And to do that, you have to deal with the world. Yeah. And, and politics. So like, I very much subscribe to that the personal is political like the politics is life like that we we you can't get away from it because it is the purpose of politics at least when it's you know not completely corrupt which is a little separate issue is to better the lives of the citizens yeah that is the whole point that's why we rep we have people representing us like that's the whole point of all of this I'm not saying like we haven't lost our way. Of course we have, but like that's the whole purpose of this. So to me, to say that, I'm like, so you just want me to ignore life? Like you can't ignore life. Like that's that's a part of this. You can take a break for a second. Like it's just no. So I don't buy into that. But the thing that I, the reason that I brought wanted to bring it up on the show was because it's like really big news. This. This website, this social media platform became the first one to say, no, we're not we're not putting up with this shit. And it's the culmination of a lot of difficult conversations. And it's certainly not over. 
Right. Um, you can't just go, okay, you're not welcome here anymore. It's done. Racism's over. Fixed. Like, no, it's it's a societal issue that can't be ignored. Um, it's a systemic issue that needs to be addressed. But it's it needs to it, it needs to be the start of a thing. And it's yeah. kind of nice to have a start, you know, like to have something. Right. So they're 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 cre- like if you really are interested in this, like like there are like you can you can message me on uh or you can look it up yourself on like Instagram and stuff. You can find creators knitting creators of color who are the real people who should be speaking up on this and listening. Like in this in the context of our discussion, I'm the one who knows about the community, so I'm the one bringing it up and like addressing it. But it really is like for white women in this situation, it is about listening to them, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and (laughs) speaking up when, when it's your time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I admit, you know, this, this world is not mine, but these, these beliefs are are just universal, or they should be at least, you know, this is something that we can all understand. You know, even if you're not sitting there crocheting right now or whatever, which, by the way, if you crochet while listening to our show, please let us know, because that is fucking cool. Um, I knit while I listen to podcasts, but I can't <laughs> knit while we make the podcast. I, I was going to say, like, what? <laughs> you're getting on me for Tetris and you. No, no. I'm oh, my kidding. God. No, I couldn't do it. But I do listen. That's that's one of my. These are a few of my favorite things. That's cool. Um, yeah. That's a good question, actually. Just completely changing the subject but thank you for sharing that with me because i wouldn't i would not have known about this otherwise yeah um so yeah i mean let's let's definitely share this with the group uh so folks can chime in and let us know what they think about it too mm-hmm. but yeah i mean just to to get on the on the podcast thing like what do you do while you listen to podcasts you like to crochet i like to i probably game when i do it the most really or i'm driving yeah. or working out or whatever right you know, walking right. Yeah, that's the most odd. Like, of course, you know, if I'm browsing at the library or whatever, I'm listening to a podcast. But yeah, yeah. I mean, ever since we started our show, I've been trying to like listen to podcasts and I enjoy like really listen to them and just pick up, uh, you know, different things, different aspects about their shows that I admire. Well, that's what about- that's why knitting is great, because you're it's it's just like focusing on that thing. And then well, that's cool. Listening to a podcast, you're you're just, you know, in it. It, it makes yeah. you tune out a lot of the bullshit. It's very helpful for anxiety. Very helpful. Well, that's a good tip too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or crochet, either one. It's just or it's, crochet. It's just two. It's just two different ways of yarn work. So <laughs> either one. Okay. Well. Even devil sticks. Either way. <laughs> um, you're on a roll. So why don't you tell it to me about some baseball, yo? Oh, okay. We'll yeah. cover baseball and then we can get in a wall of weird because. <laughs> okay. I just okay. want to quickly say that there's rumors about the Rays, which is Tampa Bay's team. I'm not going to bore you with too much baseball here because I, I, you know, literally it's inside baseball. I want to, I want to get a feel for this. Go White Sox, but please continue. Okay. So there's been talk about the Rays leaving Tampa Bay for a long time. Um, 
or at least as far as I know for a long time. They're a great team. They're in my division, so I hate to admit that. <laughs> but, you know, they they are great, especially this season. They've had, you know, they've had their highs and lows just like any team. Okay. But um so the problem is there's there's a lot of reasons why the Rays are failing in Tampa Bay. First of all, they're not in Tampa Bay. They're in St. Petersburg, which is the other side of the bay. Ah, see, I, Their I, I, stadium I, sucks. I dislike it's, that. That's misleading. I don't like that. <laughs> I, I know, but that's okay. Look, okay, look okay. you know, it's it, that's not the problem. The problem is the stadium is is horrible. Like it's uh, the it's the worst baseball stadium I've ever been to. What makes for a bad baseball stadium? Okay, so it's ugly. It's an ugly dome. <laughs> okay. Um, it's not like a retractable dome. Like you know what I, you know you've seen those right? Yeah, like Buzz Lightyear's helmet. Right. Yes. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah. So it's not like, you know, hey, we can open it up on a day when it's really sunny and nice and then close it when we deal with the rain. Because you have to have some coverage. You can't have an open – the rain down here during the summertime gets ridiculous. So, Mm. you know, even if it's just for a half hour, you're going to get a downpour. It's going to delay the game way too much. You can't do it. So they have to have that option. But, yeah, it's just completely closed in. It's gray – and like mm. gross and like it, it just feels industrial so it's got um, no character no character That's nothing sad. nothing interesting it has weird rules like if you hit the <laughs> ball no if you hit like this this um because this has happened enough that they have to make a rule for it like yeah. there there are certain rules if you hit certain beams at the top of the dome like it doesn't count or it counts as this or count whatever. Like they're, I can't remember what they are, but it's just, cause I'm not that invested. Like they're not my team. So okay. I'm not that invested in it, but like I've Still. been to several games and like, it's just, it's a bad experience. And I feel really bad for people who that's the only baseball they've seen. Yeah. Because there are so many amazing stadiums. Um, I mean, I'm completely biased here. I think that the Orioles stadium is the Mecca like of base because they're the. okay. so that so the Orioles, this the the field that they play on was redesigned in the 90s and it was modeled after the original Dodgers stadium Ebbets. So like it is going back to the origins of like the best baseball field ever. And it started a trend of redesigning these baseball teams that way. Okay. Baseball teams, baseball fields, stadiums. stadiums. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've got some annoyances when it comes to that. And I I don't really have – I got no stake in this at all. But some things do annoy me about the legacy of some of these fields that (laughs) just doesn't seem to be respected. So, you know, in Chicago we have – the Sox field, basically. It used to be called Comiskey Park, right? Yeah. Then it got changed to um, U.S. Cellular Field. Then they got bought out by Guaranteed Rate, whatever the hell that is. So, yeah, I mean, there's not even a cool nickname you can give it to make it have, like, character. At least yeah. with U.S. Cellular, we could call it The Cell, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. Well, there's... you have Wrigley, I mean, like, for the other side. Eh, fuck Wrigley. But... <laughs> You know, well, no, Wrigleyville is, <laughs> it's a hive of scum and villainy. That's what it is. 
You don't want to go there. No, no, we're going to lose a lot of friends if I really spill tea on how I feel about the Cubs and about Wrigleyville in general. As a former inhabitant of Wrigleyville, I got beef with y'all, but I'm not going to do that right now. Okay, okay, let's continue. So anyway, the Sox, the Sox field has like, it got rebuilt and it's, it's basically just so family friendly that mm-hmm. it loses any possibility to feel like, you know, that, that old fashioned baseball type of vibe. Yeah, that's really, that happens a lot and that's tough. Um, and they've tried to like spruce up the trop, which is the, the okay. So the Rays stadium is Tropicana Field. The okay. Orioles is Camden Yarns. Just, I mean, that wasn't really relevant, but like that's, that's what it was. <laughs> Um, and, but you gotta if, give them a shout out, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm a yeah. Um, but if you, <laughs> they suck right now. Though. But like, yeah, if you look up Camden Yards, you can see like that was in the early '90s, and it basically a lot of these fields were modeled after what they did there. And it's a gorgeous field. I highly recommend going to a game, even if you're not super into baseball. I recommend going to a game. Yeah. Like if you go to Baltimore, because it's just a beautiful field and it's a beautiful experience. So Rays, Rays do not have that. Okay. The Rays don't have that. And it's really unfortunate. Like I said, they're a great team. Um, and so basically <laughs> what they're talking about right now is playing ha- – because they can't sell out tickets because nobody wants to go to the stadium. Even when the huh. team is great, they can't sell out seats. Like it's it's that shitty of a situation. Oh, that's that they up. can't sell tickets. Yeah. Um, half of it is always like basically boarded up kind of thing. Like it's, it's oh, abysmal. Man. Um, so basically they would be in St. Pete and, or maybe Tampa if they moved to Tampa, which they've talked about for years, it's not fucking happening for <laughs> half of the season and spring training kind of thing. And then they would go to Montreal and play the other half there. Oh, okay. So they wouldn't. Half he would Canadian. have two, two home te- or two uh, two home fields. Yes, that and makes I no sense. I don't think. Okay, so this is this is why I brought it up. Okay, so I don't okay. I don't know if this has ever been done. If someone knows, because there are definitely people that know more about baseball than me. If this has ever happened before, let me know because I'm very <laughs> curious about that. Um, it seems it seems just like unwieldy to do so something this like is, that. This is my point. Let them go. Ooh. Let my let my people go. Let uh-huh. them go to Montreal full time. Um, okay. This this town does not appreciate baseball. Um, the they're, <laughs> they're constantly the uh, the owners here are not doing right by them. Yeah. Um, they've screwed over players. Evan Longoria. They've screwed over coaches. They, look, managers. That's I'm trying to put it in terms of yeah. Um, <laughs> so they've. <laughs> They won't move. They won't rebuild because St. Petersburg's holding them back, and then Tampa gets in the. It's just, it's a whole thing. This team deserves better. Montreal is much more of a baseball city. Tampa still has the Bolts. They still have Lightning. Like they have hockey. Okay. It's the only team that really seems to be successful in this area. The Bucks, <laughs> which is football, kind of, but really, it's a hockey town. Weirdly, it's weirdly a hockey town. They always sell well. They, this community loves the Bolts. Just let it be. Let it be a hockey town, and that's it. Let the Rays go to Montreal. That was my whole. Point. <laughs> I had to at least get one 
I had to at least get one <laughs> legit baseball thing, which is this is in the news. And everyone's getting pissed about this, like the bees, like abandoning. I'm like, um, you don't go to games. You don't really support this team because the infrastructure is bad, but also you're just not supporting the team. So right. what am I like? What am I supposed to be like? Yeah. Keep them here. Let them continue to suffer. No. Go to Montreal. That's- I I back you as your friend, and <laughs> yes, I, it's also not even my team. I'm weirdly <laughs> invested because I'm a local, but like, I just I don't get it. You know? Yeah. I just yeah. it. You know, you don't appreciate that girl. She's gonna be gone. She's Nothing. gonna be gone. She's gonna be gone. <laughs> Yeah. I, I have so many rants tonight for my throat to be to be as scratchy as it is because of the <laughs> allergies. Ugh. You got you got stuff you got stuff to get off your chest, including allergy related phlegm. So I understand. I totally get it's it. It's not that, it's just the scratchiness. That's what yeah. it is. Well it that's is good. That's good. I mean at least it's just scratchiness and not the phlegm, because phlegm sucks. Phlegm's yeah. awful. And it makes people sound like Kermit the Frog. Yeah. At least to me anyway. Anyway. Yep. So, like, this is actually something that fascinates me. I, I like talking to people about things that they're passionate about, even if it's just, like, in passing, because it, it reveals a lot about the type of person that they are, I think. Um, I like interviewing people for that same reason. I like interviewing people about things that I know nothing about so I can yeah. learn about it and not, like, trail off or anything like that or, you know, feel like, okay, I know where this is going. Let me try to help them finish their sentences because I get annoyed at myself when I do that, too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I love just, like, learning about things like, well, you know, baseball that I have yeah. no frame of reference <laughs> for. Yeah, and I'm not really getting that deep into it. And I there's so much gatekeeping with baseball that I even get reluctant to bring it up because like guys are so intense about it. Mm -hmm. Just like any sport. And they like to quiz you. Well, that's Um, a realization I came to today. I mean, you know, we were joking around about the Cubs earlier and I I know they have such a fervent fan base to root for a team that didn't win a title for over a hundred years and still ride just as hard for them. Like they won. Um, Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough and it takes a certain type of person to do that. So I was, I came to the conclusion today that the fact that, you know, you have fans with that level of passion, they don't care about Ricketts. They don't care about his connections to Trump. They don't give a fuck. They will find a way to, uh, do the mental gymnastics to get over that and just root, root, root for the home team. That's what's tough because it's always been your team and you can't control the fact that like the owner is shitty. Right. You you can't do anything about that. So when, when the Cubs logo is 20% of your wardrobe, you're not going to throw all that shit out. Just because the owner is an asshole. No, I think that the best stand you could take in that case, this is just my view of it, would be not to buy new stuff, like, as a form of protest. But I don't know. That's, every person has to make that decision for themselves. It's, like I said, every, (laughs) go on the Sox website and find stuff that has the Black Panther logo and the Sox logo on it just to buy it out of spite. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's this. I'm fascinated by the White Sox Cubs 
rivalry because we don't really have that. Like the Nats or the Nationals, the Washington Nationals, which is the Battle yeah. of the Beltway. Like it's not really <laughs> that big of a thing because they're still new. Yeah. Um, my hatred usually lies with like Boston, New York. It's funny because yeah, you get those like you know multi-city rivalries. Well, I mean it's it's a lot like football with Green Bay and the Bears too, where it's like both teams are usually trash, but. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's it's them, then all of a sudden we care. Rivalries Whereas, are half the fun of sports. Yeah. I can't tell you how much, and I am not this person to other things, how much I enjoy hating the Cardinals. I fucking <laughs> hate the Cardinals. Like, it's just fun. Fuck you and your shitty uh, racist policies. They have like a whole dress code in their area. There's oh. so much. I mean, like when all yeah. of like all of the bad shit was going down in that area, like it just I was I remember reading articles and I'm like, oh, my God, I hate you guys forever. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, too, because like I should be a Cubs fan because my granddad was a huge Cubs fan and he would watch that like I had nothing else to do when the Cubs were on on uh, weekday afternoons because I was home from school and he was watching me while my parents were at work and I would just be wanting to watch um, the Disney afternoon, which was postponed because that also came on WGN. So we'd sit there and we'd watch baseball, but grudgingly I'd watch baseball. My favorite thing about that was when the boys ran across the field with a tarp when it started to rain. That was always cool Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you just we knew one of them was going to wipe out, and it was always great because they just get oh well, guess he's gone forever. He's under the tarp. Oh well, because <laughs> you never see him get out of there. <laughs> yeah, no, that so that yeah. would be happening all the time at the race stadium if they didn't have partial, <laughs> partial enclosure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. I should be a Cubs fan, but years ago I had a coworker that was like a diehard. Cubs fan that was diehard Wrigleyville mm-hmm. um, and he was a total asshole yeah so well, it didn't I, help that he burned those crosses on your lawn that too yeah. yeah I mean he was like one step away from that shit that's the type of asshat he was he would yeah. just say stuff that's just like a microaggression in the making every yeah. single sentence so when the Cubs okay, lost he would, have, he would have voted for Obama a third term Sure he would. So when the Cubs lost, and oh boy, did they lose while he was working at our company, um, I would always get him a little consolation prize from the discount aisle at Jewel with like a Cubs logo on it. So one year, I think the first time it was like I got him a box of tissue with the Cubs logo on it, and I said, here, you're going to need these for next year. (laughs) My, that that level of pettiness is just beautiful. It felt so good. I felt so good. And then, like, one year we got him some animal crackers or some animal cracker cookies or whatever with the Cubs logo on there. And we just put a note next to him and said, that's the way the cookie crumbles. He got so <laughs> angry. He was throwing the cookies at, at me and, and Archie because he was so angry. <laughs> oh, well, that's I think that's technically a hate crime. But Yeah, yeah, it okay. is. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I can go back and sue him. That's great. It's, it's official. Yeah. I said it on the podcast. It's happening. No, it's yeah. fine. It yeah, was worth for it. it. It was totally Both worth it. Both of you. Anyway, yeah. Baseball corner. Baseball corner. Don't worry, guys. It won't happen again. <laughs> not for but, a long while, at least. But it's fine. I mean, probably not, unless something catastrophic happens. Yeah. My team's shit, anyway. We're, we're in it bad, guys. It's not good. 
I'm going to take like a whole ass photo session with my socks gear. So stay tuned for that, followers. You'll see. You'll see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you want to move on to Wall of Weird? Mmm. Wall of Weird. Yes, let's do that. We have an update. This is this is the Wall of the Weird story of the week. We have a Nexium update, guys. We got a Nexium, and it's finally some good news what? out of this Nexium, which is Keith Renier is found guilty on all counts in sex hey, cult case. That's right. Yep. Huh. Yep. So okay, so the jury mean? sided with prosecutors, um, uh-huh. who said that he used me- uh, blackmail, starvation, uh, to force women into becoming his sex slaves. Man. Um. And then the branding. Okay, so he was found guilty on all the counts. So that includes racketeering, forced labor, which, good lord, uh, sex trafficking, and child abuse images charges. Less than five hours of deliberation. They decided quick. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I read this a couple days ago. So it was a seven week trial. I was even reading some more stuff about this trial, mm-hmm. and I was going to update last week, week before, or something like that, before this came out. And I was like, I can't. I can't keep putting this on you guys. You did not sign up for a true crime podcast. This is rough. <laughs> like, if I was doing a show like My Favorite Murder or whatever, I would cover it more extensively. Yeah. Or, you know, last podcast and left those guys, hand, you know, like, I, I, but it's just, it's a lot. Like, I'm, I'm a must, uh, I am enough of a masochist to just go keep reading that shit. But like, I'm not going to subject you guys to. <laughs> Side note, you know who has a, you know who has a true crime podcast? Who? Yardley Smith. Yardley. Yardley Smith has a true crime podcast. Really? Lisa Simpson. Yes. Who, what is it called? Um, I should be ready for this. I don't know. It's okay. Yes, but she has a true crime podcast. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. I'm tr- anyway. I'm actually trying to find the um like what he's so he obviously hasn't been sentenced yet, um because he just was just found guilty. It's called Small Town Dicks. <laughs> that's a very interesting name. And subscribe <laughs> <laughs> for the name alone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I can't find. I'm just quickly skimming. I'm such. I, I should take notes on this, but what I do is I read it and then I add it to the notes and then I forget about it. What are you trying to? I was to? trying to see what he's facing. I mean, he's going to go okay. to jail for like ever. That's, well, while I think you're, that's what's going to happen. It's while just, you're skimming for that, I, I wanted to kind of touch on um, yeah. related to this. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum and, and Top Welling yeah, <clears throat> talking you, about it. Did you actually listen to the episode? Yeah, I did. I okay. did. Because I saw the uh, I saw the blurb on uh, CBR talking about it. Yeah, I don't like when those blurbs come out because no. they're they're t- usually taken out of context and it's it's just to get a headline. Yeah, I like listening to the whole. I mean, I was going to anyway, but yeah. for sure because you get to see what led up to that to that uh, take on the conversation and everything on or on the on the on the uh, happenstance. So. Um, I didn't necessarily see anything like out of sorts with the way it was framed on CBR. Um, I mean, I get what he's saying. It's like, you know, the typical, um, you know, they seem like a normal person. I'd never expect them to do this crime, yeah. you know, 
And that's fair. I mean, it's somebody who you work next to every day. It's, yeah, but it's like, like, it didn't sound like either of them were close to her at all. No. She was kind of off in her own world, it sounds like. Yeah, except he did mention that at one point he was invited by her to uh, her self-help Oh my gosh, yes. He told that, that story in more detail. Oh, previously. man. Yeah. And it was, it was basically along the lines of she was like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is so good for your career. This is so good for your <laughs> life. It feels great. You know, like she was playing it up and selling it. And he's like, <laughs> they were just on set. He goes, you know, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. No, he didn't even go to the first. He's like, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm, Bye. I'm going to go record some Justice League yeah, lines over here. Good. I'm good. <laughs> good move. Savvy I think move. they handled it well. Yeah. Considering the circumstances, they can't really say a lot other Absolutely. than like the truth, which is it's sad to see. Like it, yeah. it's totally sad for all of us to see that. I don't expect them to condemn her, especially while the trial was still ongoing. Or at that point where he was talking more about more about it in depth, it hadn't even begun yet. So yeah, you know. Yeah, that it, that it, interview was older because yeah. it was like a couple years ago, right? What? No. Like when when Welling was uh on there the that first time? The, that was the original one. Okay. So she wasn't even they didn't even know what was going on, I don't think, when that happened. Oh, okay. Okay. It could be I could be wrong about that, but this current one is the second Tom Welling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, when he said, you know, he uh Yeah, when they were just talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, I don't expect them to have like any crazy response or anything like that. Like, I think they're just hand- like she, I mean, it's, a, it's as if, you know, a coworker you worked with 10 years ago, you find out like, Oh, they murdered their whole family. You go, well, shit, that's crazy. But they were in another department and like, you kind of worked with them, but like, you didn't know them that well. I mean, that, what are you going to say? Like, right. what are you really going to say? That's why you get so many of those people in the news because people want to know what was this person like? And they go, I don't know, they seem normal because they weren't paying attention. That's why they seem normal. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is it's like you kind of want to – you want to believe that you have an innate sense to know if somebody's up to some nefarious shit. Oh, no. And you never do. With that happening that close to you and not knowing it, it's like you try to – you know, just kind of uh, explain it away, almost. Not by design. Not even saying like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm better than this." It's just kind of like in your mind, you're trying to piece together. How could I not have known? <laughs> you know, yeah. This, there was no, a whole cult happening over here, and no, I had no idea. Monsters walk among us, and they're everywhere. Injustice, and we don't see them, and just gotta try not to let them get you. That's all you can do. That's it. That's right. Don't don't join cults. Seriously, just don't. Never, ever give Scientology any of your information. Or your money. No, never, right. ever. Right. But seriously, they'll follow you for years. Like, I, I've, I've read numerous people and know, like, people who went, I went in there just to look and see what was up, and I made the mistake of giving them my information, and then it, they have followed me ever since, basically, sending me information wherever I go, wow. wherever I live. They, they find you. It's That's very so, creepy. Man. That is creepy. You know, a lot of folks, you know, thankfully, most folks have not had a stalker. But if you have, you know how scary that is. And I didn't have a stalker, but I had someone who invaded my privacy and wanted to date me in high school and had my phone number. And I had to change my phone number. Damn. And, you know, 
it was a dude being really and like had this happened today that dude would have been in like the situation he would have been in like the principal's office like facing true Reaper, because they take it more seriously now like which is good yeah 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 i think that that's a good thing that's come out of like just taking women and their genuine concerns more seriously yeah um but yeah no it wasn't a stalking situation i do not view it that way but it was very deeply uncomfortable and it made me go oh like there are a lot of men out there who do not respect your boundaries at all and the women too like it, it's anyone who doesn't respect your boundaries like seriously run away because right. they are scary people <laughs> and you don't need that shit in your life I unfortunately can't say that I haven't. And it was one of the most terrifying, terrifying things that's ever happened to me. I'm real sorry I did that to you. Yeah, yeah, no, it was just, at least we, you know, we, we, (laughs) I deserved it, Jesus Christ. (laughs) You know what you did to me. You know what you did. (laughs) No, but it was, um, I'm I'm not going to get into too much detail because it's still very weird. No. But, um, I, I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, I did tell you all about that, didn't I? Yes, yeah. you did. You did. Yeah. I yeah. feel like there have been two of two stalkers in your case. But uh, that, let's talk about that other that's, one. That's, 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 a, that's a separate situation. That's a separate uh, situation that I don't like to think about. You're not going to talk about any of vault. it. It's, it's in, in the, the vault. vault. <laughs> Goodbye. And we have a title. Um, <laughs> makes a note. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. Like and it, and you know, just because you're a man doesn't mean that you can't be stalked and feel really scared and deeply uncomfortable. Like it's not right for anyone to do that to another person. You know. No, you're right. You're right. I say, it, I say like, oh, women, you have to be like, you know, but it, it's because we're physically vulnerable a lot, and so yeah. that's an issue within our society. But any like, just like anyone can be abused in a relationship, mentally or physically, like it. It's it's anyone can be sexually assaulted. Anyone can you know all it, every single person who is a victim of something like this. Like we, you need to take it seriously. It's just Absolutely. statistically, it happens a lot to women. You know. Yeah. So that's why I kind of have gendered that type of situation. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Walla weird. Mall of weird. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Um, he faces life in prison. I did find it. Um, he faces up to life in prison. He's 58 years old. So keep in mind, even if he gets like 30 years, he's donezo. That would make him, you know, 88. He's yeah. he's donezo. Um, and he know he's going to get at least that. He bet yeah. he fucking better. Uh, he's going to be sentenced on September 25th. I and think Allison that's Allison Mack. I believe that, well, she was already, she already pleaded, remember? Yeah. So she, in, in exchange for, uh, a lighter sentence and everything like that. So she pleaded guilty and then testified. And she, I think she's going to be, she hasn't been sentenced yet either, but I think she's going to be sentenced either, uh, September as well. Okay. Yeah. Her career is done. She, oh yeah, she's done. She was convicted in April. And then she will be sentenced in September. So likely around the same time. I was thinking August for some reason. I think that she will be in jail. She'll probably be sentenced to like 15 to 20. I think he's going to get life. Like uh, 50 to life. Like that. It's going to be something like that. It's going to be very extreme because what he did was very extreme. And then she's going to get like 
10 to 15, you know, maybe a little bit higher if she truly, it's like, oh, you branded people. Like, if they take it seriously enough, who knows? Um, and then she'll end up serving, like, five to seven. She's, yeah. so, like, she's going to have a life after this, but not a career. No way. Right. I always wonder why she didn't get more uh, work, you know? Yeah, she was busy torturing other human beings, so. Yeah, as one does, you know. Hmm. It hasn't even been that long since Smallville ended, though. Keep that in mind. That's true. But, I mean, the other folks have moved on to bigger and not better things, but just other things, you know? Yeah, Yeah. they have. Um, Shit, uh, Christian Kruick has had two television shows. (laughs) That's right. She had the Beauty and the Beast show. Yeah, now she's on this, like burden proof of burden or i don't know it's like a law show i'm kind of interested in it it's something okay i don't know it's it's like a canadian uh show that i think is being distributed by cw down here huh uh and i just like her so i might i might give it a shot at some point yeah she cool yeah she cool oh i like everyone that was on that show except for i I even liked mac up until you know she (laughs) went bananas up until we learned that she was like straight up trying to kidnap people into a cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she was cool. Yeah, it's that Chloe cult. That Chloe cult, man. <sighs> there was always something know. about her on that. Sh- like, I will say that I was never Team Chloe. Mm. Like, I liked Chloe. I I thought yeah. her character was awesome, but like people would ship Clark and Chloe and stuff like that. And I'd be like, I don't know. I could, there was something about her. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, maybe it's because you're weary of cult leaders. I don't know. Maybe. I was big time Team Chloe, man. Like, I, Everyone I really was. wanted them. Yeah. I really wanted them to finally, like, you know, make it work. Maybe it's just brunettes. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe the brunettes <laughs> win. Maybe that's it at the end of the day. <laughs> maybe that's it. Yes. That makes brunettes the most sense. Have more fun. Yeah. Okay. Graphic novel. Graphic novel challenge. So, Did you read last week? Uh, I read The Order. I read the second volume of The Order. And, uh, you know, once again, shout out to Kelsey for uh, hitting me to those and letting me borrow those as well. And, um, yeah, those were just, like, so good. Matt Fraction wrote them. Um, the way Kelsey like- pitched it to me was that this was basically Matt Fraction's pitch for Iron Man. Which makes sense yeah. because, uh, just to give you a little bit of background about what the order was about. So this was during, uh, the fallout of Civil War, the comic Civil War. So you have the 50 state initiative project that Tony was, uh, you know, spearheading where every state had their own set of superheroes that were government sanctioned, right? Mm-hmm. So this team, the order was, uh, under his direct uh, watch or pepper basically she was like their Peppa. you know yeah she was their professor x or whatever and uh she basically was uh keeping them under thumb and making sure that they adhered to the um the contracts they had signed uh basically so they they were given uh superhuman abilities uh via stark tech or whatever um they were they were injected with certain things that would bring out their their latent powers uh, as, as human beings, but only for one year. Because basically they, they said that, like, okay, if you run this hot, like humans weren't meant to, to expel, to expel this much energy, to use all this energy. So, um, basically we're just giving you a year until we retire you and then you're done. Interesting. But, you know, they had all, they had like 
unlimited benefits and everything like that. Like there was a real uh, value in being part of this team. So okay. it was just cool. So anyway, that's the basic premise. I, I gotta say folks should really give this a chance because it was a good book, but because it was part of that um, initiative thing after civil war, uh, of course it had a limited shelf life in that regard too. Yeah. So, you know, it had to end at some point, but it was a good run. It was good while it lasted. That's cool. What are you reading this week? Have you picked yet? Come back to me. Okay, no problem. <laughs> um, so I finished Superman, that volume two of Superman. And nice. then I revisited one that I read a while, an indie book by Justin Peterson, uh, Very Near Mint, volume oh, one. Yeah. Which is like Justin Peterson. Yeah, Superman which is like working a, like a comic shop and it's a it was a comedic um comic <laughs> comedic, comedic comic yes. uh yeah so it you know it's just a fun funny i love his artwork um he should he should still have his like them all on sale on his website so you can look him up he's on like all the insta and everything like that cool. um that's the way to get his though because it's independently published uh and then this week i'm going for the hipster scooby-doo mm, yeah i know you were talking about that so i'm excited i'm to hear kind what of think. curious about a lot of these hanna-barbera I don't know. I don't know if it was the the like me seeing the Flintstones Legos the other day or oh, what. Oh yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> like yeah. what I want to get into, like what I really want to get into, is some of this um, Ghostbusters stuff from IDW because I've I'm read them over the years. Curious about that too. Yeah, and I mean that's there's a lot of good stuff there. I've read it over the years, but I haven't really like read them in chronological order. See, and that's something I would like to give a shot. I'm interested in, and I think this is probably going to be like next week, depending on how I feel about like the Scooby Doo or whatever. I might go like check out the Flintstones, or I don't know. But I'm interested in in visiting. Like, I was kind of like, what am I doing with the graphic novel challenge? What should I do? Like visiting these standard books that I've just never visited before. So like, I've never read Sandman. I've never read uh. A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, the authority i don't know whatever like the, these books that are like these are the standards um i tried reading preacher years ago i just don't like the artwork but maybe i should revisit that you know stuff like yeah. that so that's i think that's kind of the direction i'm gonna start taking in the future oh okay i was gonna read um the dc rebirth green lanterns but then i saw um ugh, uh pariah Mr. Ethan Van Syver did some of the artwork on here, so nope, that's not happening. Yeah, I, I I will say that as far as Rebirth is concerned, Volume 2 of Superman wasn't as good. It was a little oh. more all over the place, which disappointed me, but I still kind okay. of look into Volume 3. Yeah, I think this time around I'm going to give um, I'm going to read Deathstroke. Okay. Yes. You can change Volume it. One, the <laughs> professional. Christopher Priest is the writer. Christopher Priest wrote one of my favorite comic book series of all time, uh, The Adventures of Quantum and Woody. Uh, back in the, uh, the Valiant Acclaim comic days, they also published books like Turok, the Dinosaur Hunter. But Quantum and Woody was this cool, like, biracial superhero team. It was these guys who, uh, only had superpowers as long as they clanged their Wrist gauntlets together every 24 hours. I think it's uh -huh. 24 hours.
hours. Maybe every That's week. Funny. But yeah, they had to come into contact. So oftentimes they were friends. Oftentimes they hated each other's fucking guts. Hmm. But they had to come together <laughs> to clang these things together or else they would, oh no, they would die. That's right. They would like blow oh, up Jesus. or something like that. That's so insane. yeah. So that had to happen. And oh man, Quantum was cool. He was cool, like, you know, thought out black dude, like super smart, really into the hero thing. And Woody was just a layabout who was just kind of along for the ride. And it was fun. It was a fun read. Hmm. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Actually, why don't I just fucking read that? No, I read that already. <laughs> uh, Christopher Priest, Deathstroke, Volume 1, okay. The Professional. Yeah. Deathstroke, also known as Slade. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know if I. <laughs> I think I posted mine already on the Insta, so yeah, mine's, did, the, yeah. mine's the DC Scooby Doo. That's what I'm going to go with this week. But cool. yeah, and then you can get these books at uh, Third Coast Comics. Third Coast Comics, right here in Chicago, Illinois, where you get 10% off every book we mention on the podcast. That's right. Check them out. Stop by. Tell them we sent you. Please tell them we sent you because that way they know. Yeah, that's that's how you get the discount anyway. <laughs> that, that's how you get the discount, yeah. But, you know, just give them a high five, even if you don't buy anything. Go in, get a comic. Maybe not one we mentioned. Give them a high five. Just bone out. Yeah, even if you just go in and say, hey, I'm not, I'm not getting a graphic novel challenge book, but I heard about you on Lex and Matt. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. This was a good one. It was long, but it was a good one. We did good stuff, man. So, okay, folks, thank you so much for listening. Um, as always, you can check the show notes for the link to our website, which leads you to our link tree. And then you turn left. You go three blocks down. <laughs> Wait, no. All right. So, yeah, we'll make it easy for you to get all the stuff that we talked about today. Anyway, as always, I'm Matt Peters. I'm Lex Lewis. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and be excellent to each other. Yeah. <laughs>